A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the Trader Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 40 of Radio Free Istvan, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name's Michael. I've got my co-host here, Ryan. Can say what's going on, Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? There you go. And uh, we got a good little show for you guys. I know we say that every week, but like I feel like I feel like I legitimately mean it each show. Like we 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 have a good show. Like we sit here, we talk. We've been talking for an hour and a half, just bullshitting about like funny topics to talk to you guys about. Like that's the work that we put in right before the show to make sure that the show's good. And. Uh, what are you grinning? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let me go ahead and let me go and let people know what they're in for this episode. So, of course, we're gonna go into the intro and hobby progress, like we do every 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 podcast. But I think Ryan probably hasn't changed much. He's probably he's already told you what he's been working on. Uh, I have some hobby progress that I'll go over. Uh, then, of course, we're gonna go into voicemails. We've got. Quite a bit of voicemail, quite a bit of stories, uh, from what I understand. We got a few text messages that I need to read off as well, which I don't know who found out that, like, last week I mentioned that you could text our number, and yep. uh, people people figured that out. Like, they decided they were just going to text us. Text. Lazy. This is a generation of millennials right here. <laughs> yeah. Half I our keep trying to get my I keep trying to get my wife on the podcast like get her to do it just for like five ten minutes um just to tell some stupid stories about me try to embarrass me whatever i just figured it'd be fun and she won't come on just because she doesn't she can't talk to anyone but it's like because it's like not... you said we're like in the digital age where nobody wants to talk to anybody like everybody has to email everyone or text people stuff like that but like it's not really like talking to anybody like it's like talking like she would be talking to me and you yep and then it would just so yep. happen to go out to the the interwebs so the, and yeah, possibly the aliens, you know. Yep. In the future, it goes out to all fourteen of our listeners, and <laughs> that's it. So <laughs> I tried telling her that, and she she doesn't want to hear it. It'll forever be on SoundCloud servers. So however long those last, you know, those could possibly, I mean, possibly be listened. If you're in the future, thousands of years from now, listening, we're sorry we fucked up so bad. Like we, we tried. <laughs> so anyway, so we got voicemails. We have emails and comments. A lot of you guys sent us badass like stories and comments on both the email and the Facebook Messenger. So I've got it all pulled up, ready to go. As long as like nothing crashes, I should be able to just like jump to it. Shouldn't take any time. Uh, but we do have some cool stories that we're going to go over. And then we have three emails that we're just going to read off. Then we have a 3,000-point 
Alpha Legion Army list, a 2,000-point Iron Warriors Army with Cult Militia allies, a 2,000-point Word Bearer Last of the Serrated Sun list. It's 2,500. He wants to expand it to 2,500. So 2,000 going to 2,500. Lacerated Suns list, and then a 2,500-point Orbital Assault and 3K Armored Breakthrough Ultramarines list from... That's from Stu and Tom, Tom. right? Or just Tom? Well, yeah, Tom. Tom from Geno 5-2. From Geno 5-2. So, yeah. And then, uh, like, don't let that fool you, boys. Like, there isn't just four lists that Ryan got this week. I know we told you that he's been super busy and that, like... <laughs> to slow down on the list but nope you said him 12 <laughs> right got 12 lists. <laughs> it's all right well i i figure some of it was because i got some before the episode went out anyway oh, okay and then there were and then there were some people that still sent them through but they were polite they were like i know you're really busy so if you don't get to it it's not a big deal so <laughs> i i stayed uh i stayed more on top of it uh, this week like I basically as soon as they came in I made it a priority that any free time I got to knock it out real quick so uh, I didn't have to mess with it and I gotta write some fun stuff uh, uh, Kelso Celso Mendez Mr. Kelso Mendez yes sir I yeah. know him very well he's wanting to do a Mechanicum army but he wasn't sure what direction he wanted to go with so I wrote him a 2500 point Tagmata army, a 25 point or 2500 point cybernetica army, and a 2500 point reductor army. I'm like, here's the three armies. I wrote them as fluffy as I could for the different things, and you know, we talked about each one or whatever. So that was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed doing that. Got to talk talk with him a little bit on Facebook Messenger, so that was pretty cool. Kelso, man, I cannot wait to see what he does with Mechanicum. Right, that's my like. I'm pumped. Like, I, that's why I told him. I'm like, you make. You know, he makes everything look so cool. Yeah. So I tried to, I the army list I made, I tried to keep in mind that he's the one painting it. So I'm not going to lie. Some of the things I put in there was just like, I want to see what this looks like. You know, <laughs> like you, you're like explaining it. Yeah. You just, now you're going to add six bloody, bloody Vorax to the list. <laughs> like throw, <laughs> Throwing in like little things you want to see them painted like. Uh, you should, uh. She consult Tim on that one. I tried. He's busy. He's at that event. Oh, that's right. That's right. Guys, if y'all don't know who Kelso Mendez is, uh, I don't. I don't know how you would know our podcast and not know who Kelso Mendez is. But uh, it's C L C E L S O Mendez, right? Kelso. I think he's originally uh, C, C, Yeah, C E L. Uh, yeah, I'm about to look it up, dude. He's dude. We met him at Adepticon last year. That's the one he's that got a blog. He's from Monterey, Mexico, I believe, is where he lives. He's coming to Stiff. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was coming to Adepticon. I didn't know if he was coming to Stiff or not. Yeah, he's coming to Stiff. He's driving up for Stiff, like six hours. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's C E L S O is his first name. Yeah, I, he's he's originally like originally he was a uh, Infinity. Is it Kelso painter. or Celso? Because I've heard people calling both. I'm not qualified to answer that. <laughs> like okay i could type it into the google translate and ruin well, somebody's name <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway, it's gonna, it's gonna be like dude super good dude i met him on the free buddhist forum a long time ago um so i mean 
don't like know him, know him, but you know, talk to him on there a few times. And he's always been an excellent painter, and he's always been really good about helping people. Like if they ask him what he used, his you know products, like techniques, he's really good about helping people out. Dude, I look at like I'm on his Twitter right now, and I just look what he did to this fucking calth box. Like just, just took a calth box like golden demon level. Like yeah, <laughs> no biggie. Oh, I painted these models. You know who's a. a uh, real friendly with him, real chummy with him, and like it would make sense that they're chummy. Oh, uh, uh, Dresher, Damon Dresher. No, Josh. Him and Josh are like oh, like man, cr- man crush on each other. That's pretty funny. <laughs> like, it's it's pretty funny. So they met each other at Adepticon and then like just stayed in contact and like just back and forth now. Just so good. It just makes sense. Cool dudes and cool dudes. Yeah. Oh well. Uh so yeah. So that's what we got going on for the show. Uh I guess we can go into the intro, dude. I mean, we're here. Like we just segued in naturally. Beautifully right. talked into Kelso Mendez. And I'm actually looking at all of his like stuff right now. Looking at his like burning a Prospero stuff and Does he have a blog or just on Twitter? I'm on his Twitter he- right now. He's got a little, uh, let's see. It looks like he has every airbrush that I had, except he just uses them so much better. I feel pretty shitty about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, I have all those airbrushes. You just, you use them so much better than I do. Dude's legit. Man, I look at that. Every time I see uh uh. Uh, Miles post up something from Little Legends, man. <sighs> There's so many good painters, man. 30K, 30K is where it's at. That's where the hobby is at right now. Let's see, for fucking real. Like, I, I made that meme. It was like, uh, uh, it was, it said, when you're trying to pretend that your shit doesn't look like garbage when you see a Little Legend post, and like, because he posted something up. I want to say it was like, a, it was at Emperor's Children Leviathan. Oh, that thing, like, yeah, the purple on that thing. Yeah, and I, and I was just sitting there just like, well, go fucking dip my shit in symbol green. <laughs> like, what? Why? Well, I don't even know what to say. Like, what are you, what? yeah, that looks good, man. Like, there's no words that can convey. <laughs> like, I, I, I like, I wanted to post, I don't even know if I posted. I think I was just like, thumbs up. I don't even know what to say. Like, yeah, that looks awesome. Or yeah, like how do you really convey it into words? So I'm just like, yeah, that's a thumbs up. I just Check like park that. Like it, it's so weird to me because like once it's at that level, like it, it to me in my heart, it's like unplayable at that point. Like I can't play with that. Like <laughs> too too many eyes looking at it, it's gonna get scratched. Like are you kidding me? Like I feel like your eyes are gonna wear off the varnish. Like get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> And so, like, I just think about, like, because Miles, he has his own Blood Angels army. So, like, he's just got normal. Like, I think about that with, like, I think about that with Miles. I think about that with Samson. I think about that with, like, Kelso. Like, they play with their self-propainted models and, like, oh, yeah, no no big deal. I'm just like, ugh. Someday, man. I'm, dude, I'm seriously 
seriously trying to get this airbrush down. Oh, speaking of sick armies, have you seen my buddy Scott's uh, Solar Ox? Yes, man. Uh, there's another one that Dude, just like... that looks so good in person. You have no idea. He had that down here at last game night. I was he, like, I was blown away. He painted all that with airbrush himself? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, Scott. What can't you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I love that white with that like that... It's kind of like a brown tinge in certain areas. It's like a dirty white, yeah. It's very, it dude, really cool. so good. I was, I was thinking like, man, I was like, I wish I would have known, like, I wish I would have seen that and asked him how to do that before I painted these, like, tiles for my Zomortalis because that would have been, like, the perfect look for them. That, like, brown recess and all that stuff. I wonder where you got the the recipe for that. I feel, I feel like I've seen know. it before. Well, his brother, John, has a knight that Scott painted, mm-hmm. and it, it's pretty similar to that. I think he just extrapolated, you know what I mean? Like, his brother paid Kenny Boucher to paint this. That's what it is. That's where I've seen that white before. Yeah. That's he, right. His, his brother paid Kenny Boucher to paint this uh, Mechanicum army, but then he wanted to add a knight to it. So Scott looked at the Kenny Boucher thing, his his paint job, and was like, I think I can do this. And he painted, I think it's an Atropos, um, yep. to match that Kenny Boucher army. And then Scott kind of took that and did his Solar and Ox army. It's the but Mechanicum. It, it's, it's different. The, the Mechanicum uh, Triaros that Kenny painted. Because okay. he, he has an episode where he's like showing that white. I knew I've seen that white before. That style. That Triaros might be John's. I don't know. Because John has a whole Mechanicum army that Kenny painted. That, that is that color. Mm. What a wild, what a wild hobby we're in, boy. I wish, dude. Oh. It just all comes dude, back to MKA, the man. Paint, the, trying to win painting at Adepticon this year is going to be tough. There's going to be so many good armies. Yeah, you just kind of, just kind of, like, it sucks because everybody grows with you, right? Like, <laughs> like it's not. Well, that's good, though. Like, <laughs> I like it. Well, and I mean, like, look at all these guys we're talking about, and, like, are you going to feel bad to lose to any of that? Like, I'm no. not. Nope. Just got to sabotage their army. I know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure Mike Rayleigh will still judge it, even though it got crushed by my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, David. I'm not gonna crush your army. I would never do that. God dang it, dude! I don't know if honestly, like, I, I want to find an MKA style painting class in America. Why what is that? One? Why hasn't that not happened yet? I don't know. We've talked about it. Like, not even, not even MKA. Like. Like, it, it doesn't have to, like, okay, MKA seems like the gold standard right now. Like, it it's just, like, you can't go wrong. But surely somebody else has to be holding some class. Like, I'd go to a Kenny Boucher class. Like, Kenny Boucher, hold a class. Like, hold a next-level painting class. Get a little, like, I'll go to California for that. Is that where he's at? I thought he was in the South. No, he moved to California. Oh, okay. I don't know. Go to I'd go to a fucking airbrush painting class. I say that after like I booked zero airbrushing classes for Adepticon. Like I didn't. I was like, nah. Now nah, I'm playing games. Well, we're playing games. That's the problem. Like that's the one pissy thing about Adepticon is everything's going on at once. Uh, 
I might drop my mega battle just to go get in it. No, those airbrushing classes are fucking full. That's right. Oh, well. Speaking of airbrushing, dude, how's the painting going on your, uh, your, your black shields there? So I'm almost done with the terminators. I think I have three terminators left to paint. And then after that, I just have 20 basic infantry to do. And then the vehicles. So I'm hoping to have the Terminators at the absolute latest. They'll be done Wednesday because I can easily do one a night. I usually usually these Terminators have taken me about seven hours to paint one guy. So I usually get one guy done and then an hour's work on another one. Good God. So I got a. I'm down to three of them. Uh, So and I'm right now as we're talking uh i'm working on bases and i actually the other day i before i even started painting on terminators i wanted to test out painting some bases so i painted the base for my chaplain and the base for my uh reaver lord and i mounted them on those bases and i sent you those pictures and, and they i think they turned out fantastic it was pretty good so right now as we're recording like literally this second i'm uh, working on bases trying to get all the bases for the army done because I'm going to have to create some time somewhere. I got, like I said, I got a little thing marked where it's like, this is how many days of available painting time I have. This is how many models I have left to do. So right now I'm still behind schedule. Well, I'm behind schedule slightly. I'm going to have to make, this is is if I don't create any more painting time than I naturally get in a week. So I'm going to have to, create some more time get creative with my time so uh because i'm it looks like i'm shy about two vehicles of getting done which i would be so mad if i made it that close and just failed by not being able to paint two vehicles. that's like literally like a week and a half that's why i was joking with pretty about well why don't you just push stiff back a couple weeks (laughs) tell everybody just feel like look ryan needs to get these black shields done um, we're doing Xana. There's black shields there. It's pretty critical to the story, so we're just going to go ahead and push it back two weeks. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty it's critical to the story. Pretty critical to the story. I know the guy riding um, the fluff. If you want me to, make I, them I know, I know that you have travel plans and all that, but Ryan's more important, so we're just going to push it back two weeks for him. It's going to be the weekend after Adepticon instead of the weekend before. <laughs> Solid, dude. I get it. We'll do that. No questions asked. I got some pool. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. No, fuck that. Oh, I ordered, I ordered my uh, display board too. So I got some uh, secret weapon tiles on the way. Hell yeah, dude! Speaking of secret so weapons, dude, that was two hundred and two hundred and thirty or forty dollars to build a stupid display board. Oh. That's not even all of it. That's just the floor i know what that feels like (laughs) yeah i know what that feels like display board man that's like probably more well i had to like i said i had to have something that i could do to fly with and i just couldn't think of anything other than those one by one secret weapon tiles like that's the only thing i know that'll fit my battle phone bag that i can fly with it's gonna look good it's gonna look great 
Dude, secret weapons, by the way, just just going off of like, dude, those guys are fantastic over there. I just need to say that. I'm not saying it only because they sent us swag <laughs> for stiff. <laughs> I'm saying it because they they are really good dudes. Yeah, well, Mr. Justin's cool. I, I'm I'm pretty close friends with his brother, so. Um, I don't, I don't know Justin real well, but I know his brother, uh, pretty well and we're buddies. So I try to help him out when I can and buy stuff from him. I've always been happy with his products. I used a lot of his skulls and bones and things like that on my word bearers for those tanks that I did. Yes, sir. It's a good company guys. And I've seen those city tiles, uh, Jeff, Crowley up in uh, Michigan that runs the Michigan GT and you know kind of runs their little game club up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a the the same tiles that I bought the city tiles. He's got a whole board of them and they look phenomenal. The city city damaged. Yep. 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 I got a whole box right there. What? Yeah. You could ask. I got a whole box of it. Uh, that's what I just ordered. I ordered a whole four by four section. Oh, well, it's, I mean, that's for the, 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 what do you call it? Table, the, the graveyard, graveyard table. Yeah. Oh, so you're okay. So you're using them. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, 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 no, for sure. I was trying to think if there'd be extra, but no, definitely won't be extra. I'm going to try to get by on a two by two, but I may have to have a bigger table. I might have to have a two by three. So I wasn't sure, so I just went ahead and ordered. The only thing that they had, they I could have just got, they have a four-tile set. I could have bought two of the four-tile set, but then it ended up being more money than just buying the whole 4 by 4 Yep. So I was right, like, well. You made the right call. So I guess what I plan on doing is, like I was telling you about your like drop pod board, I'll make this display board where I can use it for the game club to play games on. So I'm thinking about making it a, a second 4x4 zone more talus board, but make it just like a ruined cityscape that's like got tons of terrain packed on it. Use it for like Necromunda and zone more talus. Fuck yeah, dude. Always thinking about your, your club, bro. That's what makes your club so sweet. Speaking of, dude, that was a sweet-ass video you posted the other day of your all those people in your club. Yeah. Pretty cool. Just a get, just a normal get Saturday, new guys. Yeah. Just watching Willow, watching Willow in the bar. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. What was that girl looking for? Like a table, like for her Tyranid. Like I couldn't figure that out. Like what was going on there? Oh, Jasmine. She was. Uh, they were just wanting a table to play on, and because that that middle room, a bunch of people had played in there, and then left a lot of shit laying around on table. She didn't know who was using what table. Okay. And they were looking for a table that already had terrain set up on it that somebody wasn't using. And I said, just use that table. Like, you can move that stuff. Because people people were just, you know, they got done playing, and then they left their army cases or whatever. And then they, some of the guys that were sitting out there at the bar just got done. So what? she didn't know. And she had just gotten here, so she didn't know which tables were what. I was like, is she trying to find like a a place for her like Tyranids to get cover? I, was like, I couldn't figure out what was going on there. Makes sense. No, yeah. So she uh, 
she's got a really badass Tyranid army, and I have, like, a jungle board I built, and she actually based her nids, like, the basing on that table is based to match that one jungle table. So, I should have set that other table up, just so her army looked cool on it, but... Because uh, I had a whole bunch of leftover, like, aquarium plants and shit from when I made that table, and I gave them to her, and she's made a whole bunch of her own terrain and bases for her Tyranids, and they look awesome. Fuck yeah. It's fucking dope. Getting all deep in there. Love to play on a custom table with a bunch of crack dirt for my blood angel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, shit. I just painted my phone. Happens. I null-oiled my phone. Make sure you get all the crevices and recesses and all that jazz. Dude, so I've been working on Blood Angels all fucking week. And not even Blood Angels I'm taking anywhere. Just Blood Angels. Just the list, that list that triggered you, list you. <laughs> well, it didn't trigger you, but, you know. I was actually... Uh, I know we're getting closer to the event now, and I probably need to just, like, make a decision here on how we're going to do this team event. <laughs> I've given up. I don't even care at this point. I'm gonna I'm gonna like tell people how to beat us because you're dragging your feet so much. <laughs> well like I don't know, man, like cause I don't know. Cause like I could run drop pod dreads, but like that will really like not work out very well. I don't, I don't really give a shit. I mean we're signed up, I just wanna play. Yeah. If we lose, I'll just blame it on you. <laughs> well, I put together a 1,500-point Day of Revelation list that I can get painted up by then. It's kind of okay. fucked up. It's a, it's a, it's a dickhole list. And, I, like, that would work for you, right? What do you mean? Like, because we can both do, like, drop pod, like... Well, that's what I said. If, you, if you're wanting, if you're wanting to do drop pods, I can do orbital assault salamanders because that's how my salamanders are set up. Well, this would be oh, that'd be sick. Because this this wouldn't be drop pod assault. This would be Dave Revelation turn one deep strike. Right, but what I'm saying is I can run orbital assault and get pods. Yeah, dude. Let's do that. I'll send you the list. I'll send you fifty. I, I made it. I made it the other night. Okay. I just don't. I don't want to run my dreads in both. I don't care what we run. Like I said, I just we've talked about it before. I just didn't want one of us to run drop pods and the other one not because it doesn't work out. Right. Um. So we either both need to take advantage of that or neither, which I'm fine either way. I like I said, I honestly don't really care what we play. Um. I can, I can go either way. I mean, we got to go loyalist because you have two loyalist armies, which is fine. Uh, you know, which is okay, I guess. I mean, well, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I don't care either way. Unless I found an emergency painter to paint up thirty Phoenix Guard. But actually, it would only be ten, twenty Phoenix Guard. I don't know. But yeah, so that that's actually what I've been working on. Really, I've only been working on these Blood Angels for the. 30k tv channel but like they're really coming into their own man like see like 
I think we talked about it last week. I got my new airbrush and my new compressor. Just like restart airbrushing, like restart from the bottom, airbrush up, like get get hints from Samson, all this stuff, and it's like. But like now that I've got my new airbrush and all that stuff, I'm so much more confident with everything, dude. Like I can hit stuff and like, like I hit up these destroyers and my Moratat all in one row, like one go, like hit up ten at a time, and like did one wave, did the second wave, then the third wave, and like now I'm like line painting all their guns, like as we're talking. Yeah, and I got five dudes up just to test, and like. Dude, let's check out these new bases. Like, I just did these bases last night. But, like, you know, they're, like, red on, like, a tan. Focus. There you go. Yep, those look good. Yeah. Painted my spaghetti, all that jazz. Does that <laughs> does that, does that look like your, your red, bro? It's a little... Uh, can't see. Come on now. I'll take a picture. My, red is, my red is not that blurry. <laughs> my red's clean my red's crisp son so yeah this dude's all he's pretty much done i'll send you a picture of him uh, i'll send actually i'll just post him a picture i don't think i posted pictures of these blood angels yet but tell you what we'll tell you what i'll do what do you it has do? to be it has to be dreadnought sized or smaller but if you send if you give me a model i'll paint it i'll paint it my red for you and i'll then you can have it and you can like keep it there and then you can compare <laughs> all right i'll do that so anything you want that's just not huge like if you want a tank or a rhino or dreadnought or infantry but i know how you are you'd be like here's a storm bird <laughs> just blood angel for me knock this out bro <laughs> just real quick maybe after a Depticon, dude i couldn't i couldn't do that to you now well that's what i said yeah it ain't happening now but <laughs> but no, I, uh... I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat one of these bases. They kind of look like Oreos. I'm so hungry. Do it. <laughs> do, do it for <laughs> the, like, do it for do the it. podcast, bro. No, I'm good. I, uh, uh... I took that Astarath guy. Like, dude, I'm like... Okay, so... I took the... What is he called? The Master, uh, master Executioner... I yep. made that dude into a uh into my Praetor with his blade of perdition. I used the tribunal blade to make it go out. Oh, I forgot I put a gold hand on him. Um I took apart Astarath. Uh, well I didn't take him apart. I chopped off his axe. I removed his head, which was a lot more of a bitch than I thought it was gonna be because he's got a bunch you know of what's funny? spaghetti hair. What's up? His whole job is to go around and cut people's heads off, and you cut his head off. It's kind of ironic. <laughs> I feel like that's what the max executioner was for, and I cut his head off too. But anyway, and then uh, so he's getting a tribunal blade that's waiting to come in. Well, the tribune blade that comes with the praetor that will be turned into a blade of perdition. And then last thing I got to do is a forge lord, which he will also get a blade of perdition, and that's going to be using the master of relics. And he'll get like a head swap and all that cool shit. I photoshopped that up. I think that'll look good. But that one's gonna take a little bit more work because I gotta remove hands from the actual handle of the of the sword. So I don't know, man. I'm gonna take a picture cool. of all these. I painted up my destroyers, man. 
I'm kind of on the fence on how they look just because what I did was I painted them up normal, normal blood angels. And then I hit them with a black, um, pigment to make yep. them look all destroyery. Kind of on the fence. I feel like they will definitely look completely not like my normal assault Marines. They'll look like destroyers because they're all covered in fucking black soot. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm happy with them. I felt like I would be happier once I painted the guns up, but I don't know. The guns are black right now, and I don't feel I don't feel very good about them. So I don't know. That's what I've been working on. Blood Angels Assault Marines. My next uh, conversion product project, I'm going to uh, do a Contemptor Cordis for these Black Shields. So I'm going to use your Cordis legs. Yes. Um, and then I'm going to... I need to find... I need to go through all the Forge World Contemptors, all the Legion ones, and find the one that looks... I'm, I think I got it down, narrowed down to like the Death Guard one. Like I kind of like the torso on the Death Guard one. Because I Dude, need something yes, that... yes, yes. Because it's got like the studs on it, and I, it's kind of already a little bit battle damage. So I think I'm going to do the Death Guard torso, yeah. and then just throw his legs away and use your Cordis legs, and then figure out something on the uh, engine on the back to make it look more Cordis-y. That's crazy, because I ordered two of the Death Guard Dreadnoughts, and I planned on trimming off, because he's got the number right here on his, like left hit and then yep. i was going to trim off the the spikes around his grill i was going to trim those off and then i was going to trim this little corner off on top and yeah. then basically like try and make it a corded man dude i can't believe that we like yeah no that's exactly what see but i want the spikes like i, I don't i don't want the spikes on like all the little things so mine will be yeah. just a little bit more shaved down but it'll be for my blood angels uh i'm have a lot dude have a lot of fucking Cortis Dreadnoughts running around. But, dude, good choice. Solid fucking choice, man. I uh, I talked to Machinator this week, and he said that he kind of got, like, hit by the flu a little bit, but all the, all the pieces, like, came in that he was working on. Yeah. And he said that this weekend he is chaining himself to his hobby desk and casting up. And so I place like my order for the, for the legs. Yep. And I told him, he's like, so how many of these legs are you going to want? I was like 25 sets. (laughs) 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 And he's like, Jesus. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, like I said, maybe like 10 of those sets are for me. I said, but like, I want to send out to like, well, like obviously you, but like, you know, some of the TFL guys. Well, I was just going to buy my own from him unless, I mean, no, I, got I only, I only need one set. Okay. <laughs> I need some of those bases I sent you. <laughs> I keep getting bugged. You were supposed to bring some up when you came up for the event. <laughs> but uh, I've been, I got two guys here bugging me for some Leviathan bases. They're like, tell Michael to send some of them bases. He's supposed to send them. So like at this point, cause like I, like they're they're sitting in my like I can go grab like two of them right now just to show you they exist like <laughs> like I have like them casted up like at this point do you just want to grab them at stiff like how do you <laughs> yeah I mean that'll work I mean uh, you definitely have to remind I, me I need I need um because I my black shields I want to do one cordis 
And because the whole theme behind this army is that they're like basically like pirates and raiders. So like everything uh, needs to be makeshift, like like scrambled together. Right. So <laughs> like like that Night Lord short story where they just like rip that dude out of the fucking dreadnought and put their own guy in there. Right. It's like, yeah. so, so I figured a Cordis would be, you know, really cool. And I want to do a Leviathan for him because it's like, I don't like my blood angels. I may do a blood angel Leviathan at some point, but I'm waiting to see what their special units are. It doesn't really fit in my armored breakthrough fluff wise, even though it would be competitive. It seems silly to have one drop pod in this all like fast moving tank army. Um, so I'm not a fan there. And then for salamanders, it just does not seem very salamandery. Like the one thing they don't get phosphex, which is like one of the best upgrades on it. And two, it's like, you know, they always talk about how like, it's like this dark weapon of war and all menacing and all this, this Leviathan. It just doesn't seem like the, you know, everybody's buddy salamanders would. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like my black shields it's something that would definitely they would definitely use. Yeah, they would use the shit out of it. I'm you're gonna are you gonna cover it with like bikes and shit? Yeah, I'm gonna make it to Did, match the rest of the army. Have Battle you seen damage and spikes. Secret weapons has those spikes that you can cut off. Or not secret weapon, I'm sorry, uh, blood and skulls. No, I'll look at that though. He's got a sprue of spikes, like you like like the square spikes. Yeah. Like he's got a sprue of them that you can like cut off and like that should help out, help your life out. out. Yeah. I don't know, man. I uh I started cutting up a chaplain dreadnought last night. Chaplain dreadnought into Leviathan. The box one with the skull face? Yeah. Okay. Trying to basically mimic what the four like I got a Leviathan in for part of a trade, and I have him loaded out with the snippy claw and a cyclonic uh melt lance. Yep. And I was like, man, I was like, this is like, I've got all these normal Leviathans with like normal faces and all that. Like, let's make this guy a little bit different. And so, like, I started like disassembling the Chaplain Dreadnought. I'm just going to use that front middle sarcophagus, just like that Forge Master dude did, the Dremel like a pro. But like, tonight I'm going to go swing by Home Depot and pick up a, uh, a Dremel and see what I can get done. I'll probably fuck it up, but. You know, you just got to learn. Got to learn somehow. He told me he'd do it for $500. <laughs> I was like, whoa. No, thank you. I'll figure it out. I could have a badass chaplain dreadnought. Or he goes, I feel like it's white dwarf worthy. I was like, it absolutely is. You're absolutely right. But I don't feel like being a white dwarf. I'll make my own. <laughs> So that's it. That's dude. That's it. That's all I have for like hobby progress or anything like that. Yeah. Same here. Like I said, I'm still working on these bases. I'm on step one of like a five step process for these stupid things. I like, uh, I was up to like two in the morning last night working on like we, we did like a, like I, I did like all the overlays and stuff for 30 K TV. Like we're actually recording tonight at six o'clock. Everybody's coming over to my house to record on Twitch and all that jazz. But like I made all the overlays last night and all this shit. Like it's a production dude. Like it is a production. One man, one man production team. <laughs> 
I like I don't know how the all these kids learn all this like API and fucking like source and all this shit. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into this, and I like I had to like grit my teeth and fucking just like IT guy it up and like learn how to like have like a ticker roll and like have notifications and this and everything and all this stuff. And I was like, fuck, dude, like I'm getting like I must be getting old because like kids are doing this and like it takes them, like no time at all. <laughs> I don't know. So, I guess we'll move on to what voicemails now. Sure. You run the show. Well, we. I mean, we've got a. It says intro, hobby progress, voicemails. Yep. All right. Let's see. What we got. I know we got one like super late the other day. Dude, these Dragonforge bases are so good. They are legit. I like them. I'm I'm hooked now. Now all my armies are going to have to have these bases. Yeah, we got one Monday, like right afterward, before we posted. I finished writing my Death Guard uh, Siege Army list. I already got my next army planned out, every model. Is it going to be Colt? You're going to have Colt to allies or no? no? It's it's the one. It's going to be a Typhon, a Land Raider Mark II B. So the the actual Forge World Phobos Land Raider. Yeah, that one. Um, you can't see. Yep, it. three Achilles. The the standard one that comes in the squadron that uh, has the multi melta sponsons. Right. Yeah. So so three Achilles, a Typhon, a Mark II B Land Raider. Um, 15 Meltavets, um, five each go in the, uh, Achilleses, um, a Siege Breaker, a Praetor, and three Death Shroud that go in the Land Raider, and that's it. It's just a Siege Army. It's just supposed to be, like, here's my five Land Raiders with, like, Quad Mortars and Multimeltas. There's my Land Raider full of my fucking Terminator assholes. So, and here's my Typhon to like shoot a big hole in your wall. So, here's my toughest shit fucking land raiders rolling up on your ass. And yeah, I don't, I don't know that it'll be super awesome, but it's like, like as far as playability, I think it'll be fun. Oh like, fuck yeah, it's fun. gonna be fun, dude. You got it, man. Be fast to deploy. Twenty five hundred points. Put five models down. <laughs> I'm here. I'm done. It's all about just getting them up there. Like, I get it. That's fucking way cool. I wouldn't want to, like, fight a White Scars army, but way cool. <laughs> yeah, At that I mean, point, like I said, I don't, I don't know that it's going to be great, but it'll be fun to paint, like, painting all those Land Raiders and shit will be fun. I think it's fluffy as shit, too. Especially in Death Guard colors, man. That'd be fucking cool as shit. Right. And then if I'm going to take it up to 3,000, I'll probably just add in like another land raider with some grave wardens or something in it fuck yeah that's way exciting where should people send their donations of achilles land raiders <laughs> <laughs> now nah, i'll get them that's not a big deal it's i don't i don't even want more models right now it's like i got so many projects the nice thing like get i'll get these black shields done and then i'll probably go back to my 
militia. Like I need to do because I got like 15 models to get my salamanders up to date because my original salamander army I did before Meltigate. The yeah, well that and the red book changes. Okay. So like I still have like tactical support squads of melted guns and shit that really need to be melted vets. Yeah. Things like that. So I I need to like paint. There's like like 15 models or whatever I need to do. See, that's the other thing. I need you to come up with a list because if I'm going to do my salamanders, I need to write a list and I may have to paint a few things for them for Adepticon, which is fine because I'll have stiff, I'll have like three days before um because I'll have three days to paint in between stiff and Adepticon, three or four days so I could paint like a whole unit or something if I needed to. So we we need to figure that out soon, so I know what the plan the battle plan is. I screenshotted that list, so I'll send that to you right now. Or maybe I didn't. I thought I did. I still have it. I'll send you that list right now. I'll screenshot. It. Well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna listen to voicemails right now. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I to be I have no clue. That's something that we'll just have to Google and find out. Like I only know things that are in the movie. I don't know any of like the behind the scenes stories. I get what he's saying though. Like you hire hire all these actors, all these little people actors, and then just stuff them in bear suits where nobody sees what they look <laughs> like, or, like they don't actually get to That's act. So fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I get it where it's like I'll make it up to you all like make a movie that you'll you guys will basically kind of play the starring role where you're not stuffed in a hot ass bear suit in the fucking North Pacific Forest or wherever they film that at. Let me speculate real quick. George Lucas gave away 4.05 billion dollars. Like he gave that to uh, maybe no. I think he gave away like three billion. I know he got four billion for Star Wars. Yep. 
and he gave away three billion because he said he could never use that amount of money in like his life. You know. Yep. I think it's completely logical to think that like a man that thinks that logically and is that like giving giving that he would make well, I mean, a movie. Yeah, I mean it is okay. I'm not shitting on him at all because, like you said, he gave away three billion dollars. <laughs> yes, but he did. I mean, also it's like to me. It's like, come on, you had $4 billion, you can give away $3 billion. Oh, no, I'm only left with a billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want to get this political, so move on. But I get what you're saying. Could you, like, okay. So, like, I mean, that is three quarters of what he fucking made on, like, his, like, lifetime work. Like, he's just like, I'll never fucking use this. Boosh. Give it to right. fucking kids to learn better, to l- read good <laughs> right uh i'll i will google that and i will know before the end of the show like what well, don't, don't you worry about that what the origins of the willow movie is <laughs> let's see what else we got oh why we're transitioning we didn't talk about this um we did our we finally sent off the cultural exchange stuff to kana yeah, or a listener. So that's we posted uh, up what we sent on uh, Facebook. So if you guys go to our Facebook page, you'll see the pile of goodies that Michael sent her and the pile of goodies that I sent her. I sent her Whataburger ketchup. I bet you had no idea what Whataburger ketchup is. Dude. I have no idea what that is. Okay, it's fancy ketchup. It's really fancy fancy. sauce. It's like it's 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 ketchup, but it's not ketchup. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's such good ketchup that they made like. I don't know. It's like it's got a tang to it. It's very weird. Hmm. Like anybody from that eat has eaten Whataburger will know they have special ketchup, and it's fucking fantastic ketchup. I hope she likes honey. I sent her honey. Like we have a local honey farm, so I sent her like just the standard clover honey, which is the most common type. But then they sell these little straws. You know, like those uh, straws with like sugar shit yeah. in them. Yeah. These are like that, but they're plastic, but they have different flavors of honey. No shit. So I, there's like one that's like chocolate fudge honey, one that's like vanilla, one that's uh like cool mint, one that's whatever. So I sent her like a sample pack. I sent her honey. Those. I sent her local honey, and I also sent her honey peanut butter, which is like also a thing down here. So she's gonna get a lot of honey shit. I sent her some uh, express some hot like hot fudge you put on like ice cream or whatever, but it's ex- it's like dark chocolate and espresso flavored. Oh wow. And then I sent her two different bags of that Indiana popcorn. Um, one's white, aged white cheddar, and one is uh, just the caramel corn, or not the caramel corn, the kettle corn. Mm. The ones that the Australians like. Fuck yeah. And then, what else did I send? Oh, Albanese gum. I know you don't like gummies. You said you didn't like gummy candies, but I sent her these Albanese gummy candies. They're from this the Albanese gummy bear factory up north. Dude, they have the best gummy candies like it says, they are the best in the world, and it's legit. They really are the best in the world. <laughs> so, it's in northern Indiana. You can stop by there on the way to, like, if you, if you drive up through Indiana to like to Depticon or whatever, it's on the way. It's not that far out of the way. Could get you the best gummies in the fucking world. You can order like they have. They're a legit place. Like if you type it up, like type in Albany's Gummy Bear or whatever, and hit images. Like if you look at their store. Like, imagine, like, a pretty good-sized store that's just nothing but gummy candy. It's pretty fucking incredible. Like, you're like, holy crap, I did not realize you could make this much gummy 
different gummy bear products. <laughs> well, yeah. I sent her uh, beaver nuggets. I sent her Whataburger ketchup. I sent her local honey, honey peanut butter, and those candies I was telling you about, like with the, those Mexico candies, which are like the chili candies, the chili candies. Yeah. Watermelon chili candies. Well, she's from Arizona. She may have those. I I don't know. But I feel like even if she did have them, it might be something that she hasn't tried because there's people here that haven't tried it. They're so good. Mm. They're so good. Some people don't like them. Some people love them. I sent her apple butter too. I love apple butter. I put that shit on everything. It's so good. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about the the mysteries of the apple butter. We talked about this. You never had apple butter. Yeah, we talked about it in the candy shop. Remember, you were trying to explain to me what you could the, the things you could do with apple butter. You just put it on bread and eat it. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> oh. Or you deep the other. I, it's kind of weird that you being barbecue because up here for barbecue that's. Usually what they do for like a little side dish, they take a like a biscuit and they deep fry it so it's really crispy. It's like a deep fried biscuit and then they give you a big cup of apple butter to dip it in. And that's what a lot of barbecue restaurants give you as a side to go with barbecue. See, there's not a lot of biscuit work in, in Texas. Oddly enough, like I don't... Like I, you'd think biscuits and gravy would be like a big thing because we're, you know, we're in the South, but nope, it's not really a big thing in Texas. I guess because, like, tortillas just kind of took it over. It's ridiculous. You say biscuits that. And, dude, biscuits and gravy. I love you, Mexico, but you don't have any... There's not a food in Mexico that touches biscuits and gravy. There's just not. Sorry. It is when, what it is. When you're when you're in town, man, we'll go to, like, some... Like, I, honestly, like, I don't think there's much food that can, like, fuck with biscuits and gravy. That's just... it's It's... It's great, but <laughs> we got to take you to like some legit Mexican restaurants. Like, pretty, pretty knows the me- the restaurants, man. Like, he'll, he, we will, we will get you to where you need to go for the legit fucking Mexican restaurants. I have this one re- Mexican restaurant that I go to called Lapitas in town. Yeah, it's a house, man. It's like a house. It's like a one one room house with a <laughs> you kitchen. You told me about this. That's where you get the tacos every day. Right? Oh my gosh, it's so good, man. Lapitas. Oh, she's so good. She's not going to be around for much longer, but she's so good. Anyway, when you're in town, we'll get all the good Mexican food. Well, Ooh. I'm only going to be there a day. I mean, where we can actually do something. That's okay. Like, I'll, I'll, like you're going to be playing games, but I'm going to be free to, like, roam. So, like, I'll go get food and, like, bring it back to the, to the event and all that stuff. No worries, buddy. Anyway, okay, we got voicemail. We're back to we're back yep. to food talk. We we drifted. Yep. Okay. Let's see what this voicemail says. Yeah, I had this one time. What? Okay. Is that it? Oh we had one time. I forgot. What? We also have the, the like the the cheating stuff. I forgot about that. Our Facebook wall post. Oh, yeah, we can read that after the voicemails. I feel like this is what that was trying to do, but it failed. Sorry, whoever you are. Maybe next time. I had this one time I called in, and it didn't go through. 
Radio Freest fan. This is William Robert from Macon, Georgia. And I seen on the Facebook that you had a post asking for the craziest cheating that you've ever seen on the tabletop. Well, let me tell you, I got a story for you. The craziest form of cheating that I ever saw on the tabletop was the time that I came home from work just a little too early. <laughs> and I caught my girlfriend, Sharon Jean, bent over the dining room table with my best blue tick, Lester. <laughs> Bitch broke my heart. A blue tick? Like a blue tick out. <laughs> and let me tell you, it ain't no fun having to go to the health department and I asked to get tested for canine AIDS. <laughs> anyway, you boys, keep doing what you're doing on the Radio Free Is Van. It's probably my third favorite heresy <laughs> podcast. Probably behind them, them Varangian heresy boys. I don't know that Freddie, he's a little weird. But they seem to be all right. And definitely the Covenant of Fire. <laughs> now, that, that's a pretty good crowd to be in, I reckon. So, anyway, y'all keep radioing, and we'll keep listening. Happy heresy to you, and go dogs. <laughs> Dude, as soon as he said blue tick, I was like, surely he doesn't. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> so good. That's pretty funny. I like that. Bacon, Georgia. I think me and Freddie are going to be shacking up at Adepticon. Oh, that's hot. I think me and Sean are going to be shacking up at Adepticon. I'm getting Sean's uh, um, co-host, Blaine. I think it's going to be me, Blaine, Freddie, and my buddy, Chris Duncan. I'm just taking air mattresses? I was going to buy air mattresses when I got there. Yeah, I got. I have some if you want me just to bring them. I already have two. I have I have like six or seven actually air mattresses already. Well, what I was gonna do, like honestly, my plan was, I was like, I'll buy air mattresses up there, and then I'll just give them to Ryan, and he, that way he can just drive them back because I don't plan on taking them back. No, I I have a whole like one of those big giant plastic totes full for when people come and crash here for game night. I literally have like a I think I have six six air mattresses. I'll just bring extra. Well, that'll work. And man. I even have a little. I have a pump and everything. So. Yeah. Sean and then uh, Michael John, I think, are gonna both be shacking up in my room. So cool. Be like a podcast, uh, podcast central. Are you gonna bring podcast gear? Are we gonna podcast live from Adepticon one night? We can. I can. I'm definitely I, taking my laptop. Well, I have my stuff because I have. I don't know if we can use my setup. Yeah. So we can figure it out. That could be fun. Your your setup would probably be better just because it's more portable than mine. We'll figure something out. Hello. Uh, I hope uh, this is the right support group I'm calling. Uh, well, here it goes. Um, my name is Timothy. I am from California. And I, too, have repressed Willow issues. <laughs> well, it's all started back when in the 1980s where I went to a theater and I was touched by the Willow. And, uh... <laughs> I would have to say that I think everybody has a story all wrong. There's a, a Willow paradox that I must say that 
people think that Willow's a good guy and that Morgan's a hero and and Elora Dannon's a nice nice baby that needs to be uh, you know needs to be uh, helped out. But in truth, I believe Elora Dannon is a wicked psycho baby that needed to be banished. And I think Mad Morda had the right ideas. Um, you have to go back way back into the 30k horse heresy book of flight of the eyes of science where garl was like blasting all these aliens in the scissors battle um there's a psycho baby in that story and <laughs> i believe it psycho is baby. a direct parallel to uh, allura dannon um mad morta or bad morta is obviously a sister of battle who was trying to do her job <laughs> asking the help of a chaplain General Cole, skull face and all, and uh, assist another sister of battle, and she's trying to get the baby because she doesn't want to banish the baby. She wants to feed the baby to the emperor because the emperor is a psyche eating baby individual, and uh, I would also have to say that uh, uh, this is um, Mad Mart again. His thing is he is a black shield obviously because his buddy eric says that he has no vision he will fight with no one um but he also has a trace of an emperor's children because he is the greatest sorcerer ever ever know um but not until tears lead do you realize his true loyalties are and that's where he puts on black armor with the whole gold trim everywhere which is you know, similar to the later Horus Legion or the Abaddon Black Legion. And if you have a question about that, you can just easily tell on his helmet that, what do you see there? It's a top knot. You know, it's, it's definitely a, a Horus, son of Horus symbolism there. And uh, with, the, with the thing with the altar and uh, the baby getting uh, banished and all, that is actually, you are seeing what happens when psychers are being fed to the emperor. And you can tell that by, <laughs> he doesn't care. I think you're cut off. <laughs> that is... Hold on, let me see if he, like, continued on. I feel like he did. Yep. Too short, man. I can't get my, my will still in there. Okay, well, here we go. I'll talk really fast. Okay, so the baby is on the altar, but the Emperor Mad doesn't care what type of psyche he will ingest. So he just took Bad Morta instead because her hand was higher and and he is kind of the symbol of lightning. And you can tell that lightning strikes the altar and sucks Bad Morta up because she is a psyche that he chose to eat or digest instead. Now we go to, uh, are you, you have a certain uh, uh, spin the wheel thing for um, like a care package. Uh, I was watching Human Planet and Oprah was narrating it and she said that there, Australia has certain similar, uh, uh, I guess, rituals or uh, things like, uh, well, I saw it and it was spin the wheel, make a deal. And is an Aussie uh, 
I don't know what it is. It's some type of tradition that they have over there. And you spin the wheel, and if either you fight with another person to the death, or, you know, all these, you know, traditions that they have. Well, I figure you guys, since it's more of a eating thing, you could be like, spin the wheel, eat a meal. And, <laughs> you know, since it's kind of similar, you're not really sending out a meal, but, you know, I, I think that would be a good kind of call to your uh, little, uh, your, uh, your culture exchange kind of thing. And so that's all I got to say. Um, uh, hope you uh, enjoy your uh, Willow Hammer for today, and uh, have a nice day. Bye. <laughs> that was real, man. Like I love. Like, what have you done? Like from that, like, I didn't do anything. I told that one story, and it's just spiraled out of control. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. So I was telling, I don't know if you, you saw the post. I don't think Tim ever commented on it. So we'll just talk about it on here because I know he listens. I, w- I need him to either confirm or deny that, because we don't, like he said that they were celebrating Australia Day, but nobody over here knows what Australia Day is. So on one of these other forums I was on, they were explaining that Australia Day is to celebrate the day that Steve Irwin used a brown snake to garrote a seven-foot-tall red kangaroo. Yes. While while chugging a beer. Mm. And to celebrate that, they have Australia Day. So I need to know if that's true or not. <laughs> Australia Day is a day that Steve Irwin rounded up all the snakes in all the major cities and led them out to the jungle, or to, to the wilderness, away from civilization and mankind. Or maybe that's St. Patrick. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We got more voicemails? Yeah, we got more. Dude, like, that was, like, a a well-thought, like, before we go any further, that was a well-thought-out, like, Willow to... Have you even seen the movie yet? Has your Korean copies come in yet? No, they haven't come in yet. Did you watch the YouTube one that... I, I did. I, I watched a little bit of it, but I felt wrong about doing it. And I was like, I'll just wait for my copies. And like, it, it wasn't even like good quality. Like, the sound was off and like it was all like super vignetted. So I was like, nah, I'm going to do it justice. I'm going to watch it right. And I'm going to look for stuff that like Ryan's never seen before. Like, go out of my way. I'm going to have like a little spiral notebook. I'm going to take notes. Well, when it was on here the other day, I realized because originally I thought it, the armor was silver. It, but it is gold. It's it's got silver on it, but it's more gold <laughs> than silver. But it was because I used to watch the old shitty VHS copy that it's like so shitty and the colors are so bad that you can't really. It just looks like shiny metallic. It doesn't even look like you can't really tell the difference. <laughs> like that, there's Blu-ray special. The edition, scene, the 4K. scene in Conan at the beginning of Conan, the guy's forging a sword, right. and it's like super dark. I never even like knew what that scene was really like looked like because I had like such a shitty VHS copy for the longest time. When that thing finally came out, like on like Blu-ray, like whatever, you're like, "Fuck!" He, like you can tell what's going on. It's not just like noise and narration. Like you can actually see. <laughs> this whole time he was making a fucking sword, man. Well, I mean, you could tell, like you knew that that's what he was doing, but like you really, honestly, can't see what's going on, like. Seriously, like, go find an old shitty VHS copy of Conan and tell me, like, you can't tell what the fuck's going on in the first five minutes. It's too dark. I don't have a VCR. 
definitely don't have a VCR. I'm surprised you still have a VCR. I don't. Oh. Okay. Hey, Radio is Free is Fan listeners. It's Sam Pedro out of Greensboro again. I'm going to go ahead and get the plug out of the way before we start with the story. Uh, so, uh, February 12th, there's an event going on in Charlotte. So, if you're in the area, we still got about three to five slots left. Uh, you can find uh, contact info on uh, Carolina Heresy Facebook group. Uh, you can also contact me, and I'll get you into the group or find some more information to help you out at uh, Samuel dot pedro87 at yahoo.com if you have any trouble finding it on facebook uh it's a 2000 point event no leviathan no onslaught 15 dollar admission fee uh and then out of your 2000 point list you can have we need a thousand point no mortalis list it has to be from the same army but it doesn't have to be the same units or models or anything like that so if you're playing blood angels you you can have a 2,000-point uh, armored breakthrough list like I do, and then I have a Blood Angels Pride of the Legion list for the Zone Mortalis. <clears throat> so uh, that's the details. Uh, let's get on with uh, some shit stories from the Army. Uh, we've already established that intestinal issues, gastrointestinal stuff is really bad overseas when you're in the desert or a jungle or just deployed anywhere that doesn't have clean water. Um, and it's due to a lot of factors, uh, one of the most being that everybody's living right next to each other and we don't really get a chance to wash our hands a lot. Uh, so people shitting themselves happens all the time as we went through. Uh, I was in aviation, so we usually had a toilet nearby. Uh, we don't go anywhere that doesn't have running water in a bed, so... <clears throat> Uh, we're a little, little bit of pansies like that. With the, we like to fly our helicopters. So we have door gunners uh, when you deploy as an aviation unit. These guys aren't really trained to uh, fix helicopters. They're uh, kind of like a temporary job. They come in and uh, they come in from all kinds of different jobs. And uh, one of them we had as an instrument. He came over, so he was he didn't give a fuck about anything. He he been deployed through Iraq. We were in Afghanistan this time. And he trained him up as a door gunner, and he was my door gunner. Basically, at, during the flights, he would report to me, and uh, my job was to keep the aircraft flying, and his job was to shoot the gun and make sure that nobody jumped out of the back. So when you're flying in a helicopter and you're just doing uh, what they call ring routes, is basically a taxi service. We're just flying people from base to base. Uh, girls always sit up front. Uh, one reason is because we're a bunch of horny fucking dudes that have... Oh, it's okay. Hopefully he continued. Yeah. Did he continue? Okay. There, there's uh, three more voicemails from him, so we got plenty of story ahead of us. Okay. Hey, Radio is Free is Fan listeners. It's Sam Pedro out of Greensboro again. I'm going to go ahead and get the plug out of the way before we start what? with the story. Hold uh, on. So. I know I clicked the other one. Did it play that one twice? Hey, 
radio is for you, fan listeners. It's Sam Pedro out of Greensboro again. I'm going to go ahead and get the plug out of... Okay, so that one's in here twice. I don't know how that happened. Okay. This should be in. Take the coin. Lift that motherfucker. Nope. Why is it all out of order? Game over, man. Game over. Hey, guys. It's Sam, and I'm back again to hijack your show for a few more minutes. So... We're a bunch of fucking horny dudes, and we're all okay. going to be okay. sitting out, uh, uh, anytime the girls get on, A, we want to look at them, and B, <laughs> they smell good, so they always get to sit up front. Uh, if you need to pull up a picture of the Blackhawk uh, seating, you got four seats facing forward in the back, four seats facing backwards in the back, and then three seats facing forward that take minutes to the crew members, and then the two crew members are seating facing outwards, sideways, outside the helicopter. And in between the two crew seats, we usually throw a bunch of, like, a cooler and, like, any flight stuff that we just, that's our space to just store stuff. So on these green routes, we don't really need a whole bunch, so we got our cooler full of, like, Gatorades and water bottles and stuff. And as I said, you don't want to drink any water, and you don't want to be dipping your hands, so, like, you do, you don't fill the cooler with water, you fill it with water bottles and ice, and you don't drink the ice water. Well, this guy, my infantry guy, <clears throat> his name was Teachworth. So we're flying along, and Teachworth, there's this place called the Red Desert in southern Afghanistan, and it's about a thousand miles, and it, I believe it goes into Pakistan, of just fucking nothing. It's just sand and... The Afghanis call it the Desert Death because if you go into it, you're going to fucking die. We get all the Red Desert because we like happy names when we showed up. So we're flying over this place, and it's like a two-hour flight to get to where we're at, and we're already about an hour into it. So T-Shirt comes over to the comms, and he's like, dude, i got to take a shit real bad right now. And so the pilots are like, well, we got another hour to go. There's nowhere to land. There's, we, we can't, like, stop. And so, he's like, no, just land in the middle of the fucking desert. And our pilots, of course, go, we're not landing in the middle of the fucking desert, Teach. So, he's like, oh, uh, all right, empty the fucking cooler, Pedro. So, I get over there, I'm like, what? He's like, empty the cooler. And by the way, there's three chicks sitting in those front three seats. So <laughs> we empty the cooler. He's like, all right, guys, I'm I'm coming off comms. I'm going to be in the helicopter. I, I, this is happening. So cooler's empty. He's sitting in between my seat and his seat, straddling the cooler with his pants down, literally about two feet right in front of these women as they're staring at him as he's just having the worst <laughs> diarrhea shit I've ever smelt in my life pouring out of him into this cooler. <laughs> and finally he finishes up. He's got no toilet paper. I don't know what he did because I'm not turning around to smell. It's just terrible. So we're flying along, he closes the cooler lid, picks it up, sucks that mu- oh, it's just it's just not getting good. Quick, go to the next one. <laughs> uh. This should be the end. Takes the cooler, lifts that motherfucker up and just chucks it out the fucking side of the helicopter it lands in the <laughs> middle of the red desert it's probably still there to this day it smelled terrible 
the women were horrified. I don't know who they were. They were just civilian chicks flying from uh, Kandahar to Dwyer. And he is just completely red. But then we land. No, we never said another word about it <laughs> for about a month and a half. Uh, that's, uh, that's the story of the shitting in the cooler. And, uh, that's all I got this time. Uh, contact us on Facebook at the Carolina Heresy and come on down and I'll probably tell you some more stories. All right. Fuck yes, dude. So what's funny about that is you were hiking in the red desert and you found a cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, could you imagine being like, like, some, like, dying of thirst guy yeah and you like see this cooler and you're like yes you're like on your last leg and you fucking crack that cooler and there's just a fucking mountain of diarrhea shit in it instead of water oh man you can't like suck on there, it bear grills there's another story somewhere out there where somebody's saying man dude one time we're in the red desert <laughs> we found this cooler and it was just full of fucking shit like Oh man! If if you're that person who found a cooler in the red desert, full of shit, <laughs> call in. <laughs> oh, that's it for voicemails, dude. But god dang. Oh, oh thanks for calling in, Sam. For real. Thanks He's for... the guy that used to live. Uh, he lived only like twenty minutes from me. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't meet him until we started doing this show. He started listening to the show, and he's like, I'm from Bloomington. So he said he's going to come back to visit someday, and then he'd come play some games with us. So It's worth it, Sam. It's worth it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So let me go ahead, and we got some other stuff we got to go over, some, some Facebook messages that I got to read out. Let's see here. So we okay. So Joe sent us three stories from when he was a police officer. Yep. So we're gonna read start out with the one. First, start with the first one because it gives you the background on the guy's nickname. Okay. By the way, I read this. I read this. I think before Michael did, and as I read it, and I got to the end, I went. I thought in my head, I go, I'm gonna make Michael read this on air and see if he can make it through it without gagging because he likes to gag. I whenever I, we. I read it on my lunch break, and, uh, well, let's just, <laughs> let's just say, like, I, I, uh, I did gag the entire fucking time, like, unapologetically, like, you should know. Anyway, so this comes from Joe. Joe says, hey, guys, want to give you a big shout out from the frozen shores of Lake Superior in Upper Michigan. I'm a big fan of the show, and I have been rapidly burning through episodes while driving around at work every day. I just started getting to 30K within the last year, and I don't really have any place to game, so I mostly just hobby on my own and get a game in when I have time to travel downstate a couple of times a year. I'm a huge Alpha Legion guy in both 30K and 40K and have been slowly building up a force over the past couple of months as I'm a very slow painter. I love the Break the Glass episode and wanted to share with you a couple of my own funny cop stories. I've been an officer for seven years, and I work a very rural area when I patro- where I patrol about a seven hundred miles by my about seven hundred miles square miles by myself. I would accurately describe my work 
I would accurately describe my work environment as a good mix between Fargo and Reno 911. <laughs> he said, the first story, uh, the first story thankfully did not happen to me, but to my old partner when I worked on an undercover narcotics team. His nickname was Fingers. So we're going to read you this story. And then there's two more. There's two more stories after that that we're gonna save. So we're gonna make this a, like we'll do the we'll do one story a week for the next three weeks. And he said that after we run out of stories, he'll send us more. That he's got some good ones. Yes. So I love it, dude. Narcotics officer, man. That's the person we need to have on the break the glass episode. Yeah, we got all kinds of interesting people. We need. We can, anytime you want to do another one, let me know. I just have to clear it with my wife. I know that doesn't sound like manly or whatever, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you just I know it doesn't sound manly, but you know, fuck it. I like I like getting being married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kinda works out. <laughs> I like splitting this house payment, so <laughs> uh, So anyway. He said so Fingers gets called to a suicidal female at her house and he has to go check on her well-being. The female is also morbidly obese and bedridden. Fingers gets to her house and goes into the bedroom where she is. He begins talking to her about what was bothering her and just bantering back and forth with her until his backup arrives. He must have made a good impression on her because after several minutes of her t- of talking to the woman... <laughs> <laughs> After several minutes of talking, the woman begins masturbating right in front of him while carrying on the conversation like nothing is happening. Horrified, (laughs) he keeps talking to her while managing to keep his cool. Good job, fingers. (laughs) When the other officer arrives and walks into the room, his eyes bug out as he quickly sees what's going on. Fingers turns to the other officer and he starts trying to bring him up to speed on what's going on. As he turns back to the woman while introducing her to the officer, she takes her disgusting fingers and jams them directly into his mouth. Anyone with any sort of law enforcement background will know this is why you always watch the hands. Needless to say, he never lived that one down, and that's why his name's Fingers. Holy fuck. That's next level. <laughs> like that oh is my god. Next fucking level disgusting. Like Jeez. I would rather that cooler from the red desert fall on my head oh, and my I get head. covered in diarrhea shit oh, yeah. than have like some fingers shoved in my mouth. <laughs> 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 so gross. Ugh. So there, yeah, so that's that story. There's two more, but good God, like there's there's two more stories after that. Ugh. Next week, I read boys. that. I read that. It was like, I was like, oh my God. It's like, wow. I what? will never complain about work again. That is like, how was, how was your day at work, honey? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what didn't happen. Like, even for real. Like, how do you go home to your, ugh. Okay, real quick. Would you rather... <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Would you rather you have your, those fingers, those dirty fingers shoved in your mouth or be stuck in the overturned porta potty <laughs> for an hour? Ugh. <laughs> oh, Cord potty. You'd still go port potty. <laughs> fucking Louisiana hot porta potty yep, for an hour. Potty. Porta potty. 
Ugh. Ugh. Both are equally disgusting. <sighs> okay. What would be next level if somebody do that to you, and then while you're not even like recovered from having the fingers in your mouth, they shove you into the porta potty and tip it over? <laughs> <laughs> because you got you like trying to gulp up porta potty water. <laughs> fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> gotta clean this out. I gotta get it out. <laughs> All right, we got another one. It says, "What's up, you professional dick kickers?" <laughs> Thank you. Finally all caught up with the episodes. Keep up the great work. I have a couple questions for you two. First off, the Alpha Legion jet bike. Can't touch this list. Made me think of this. I remember a while back debating with a buddy of mine if a unit that is in ongoing reserve can do the cool stuff like outflank or deep strike. But I'll give you a page in that I'll give you page info and that stuff and double check myself when I'm not drinking. Secondly, I know Ryan's from the Midwest, so you might have my back on this, but I'm curious what Michael thinks. I grew up and lived in the Midwest most of my life, but since moving to the East Coast, I realize I have a strange love of ranch dressing. I put that shit on everything, and I never get sick of it. No, not sexual. Just heard it out loud, you sick fucks, but whatever she's into. (laughs) Put on everything. East Coasters hate me for it, and it's now my dark secret. Ryan, do you Indianans share my love of ranch? And Michael, what do the folks around yours think of this white gold? Around your area, I guess we've been put... Could be a good culture exchange item. As much as I love playing your ending music while I get down, <laughs> I wanted to pass on some damn good tunes. Hopefully a couple country boys like yourself will enjoy. And I'll, I'll actually use this song for the closing song. He says, Ryan, stay in your fucking lane and keep up the good work. So what's the story on ranch in your area, Ryan? Well, hang on. We got to answer his first question on the ongoing reserves thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you go into ongoing reserves... um you can only enter the board through normal reserves, which is coming on from your board edge, unless you have a special rule that states otherwise. So like Corax specifically says he goes into ongoing deep strike reserve. Right. Or I know that this isn't for, or this isn't 30 K, but in 40 K like swooping Hawks, they have a similar ability where it says you can remove them from the board anytime. And they go into deep strike reserve. And in 30 K, the best example I can think of it is, if you use the Dark Angel Ravenwing Protocol Right of War, mm-hmm. you can remove the jet bikes from the board and they re-enter the board via outflank. It specifically states that they go into ongoing reserve and when they come on, they come in from outflank. And there, that rule is in the actual outflank rules, correct? It says in only in like normal it, it, reserves. If you yeah, if you just read outflank out of the rule book, it specifically states that you. Uh, when coming in from reserve, uh, but not ongoing reserve, this is how you come in. Right. Deep strike's kind of a weird one because there's no, like the deep strike special rule. Because if you read ongoing reserve, it just says that you automatically come in, like you don't have to roll, you just come in, and it's just part of the reserve rules. But it it, it just says you come in from reserves like normal. But I guess what I'm getting at is if your normal mode of coming in is deep strike, does that mean you could deep strike? Because if you read the deep strike rule, it doesn't say one way or the other. I personally think rules as intended, if you go in ongoing reserve and it says interplay like normal, you're just supposed to come on from your own board edge. But if somebody wanted to deep strike, there's really no, you know what I mean? It doesn't specifically say you can't. 
except that to me, the precedence has been set in units that are supposed to deep strike from ongoing. It specifically says right in their unit entry that that's what they do, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, why would that rule need to exist if it... Uh... Yeah, why Why in these units that do that, why do they need to specifically state, hey, they do this, if it was like that for everything? Exactly. So, yeah. So, anyway, the Alpha Legion thing... I don't remember how we talked about it on the show. I went back and reread Troy's because we got that off Facebook. He had basically this, you know, pretty long question or series of questions and then a list and all that. But he literally asked like three questions at once. So when I said, yes, that's legal, I thought I was addressing the question of him being. He said, can I take the models off the turn off the t board turn one and put them in on guard reserve, which you can. So I didn't. I guess I misread the question or misanswered the question. I don't know if I if other people were confused by that or what. But I wasn't saying that you could interplay via outflank from ongoing reserve. I was answering something else. But anyway, that's cleared up now. Sounds good. How do you feel about ranch? <laughs> um I, I don't like salad. I've never liked salad at all, so I don't eat salads, and that's typically what you put dressing on. So well, that's I what you put I don't... dressing on. This is ranch. Let's not confuse the two. Yeah, they serve it with, like, it's very popular in Indiana. I'll put it that way. I'm not really into it, but I'm the weirdo. I'm, the, I'm weird in Indiana for not liking it where he's weird on the East Coast for liking it. Like, if you go to a Chili's or an Applebee's here and order hot wings or anything like that, it's going to come, regardless of what sauce, they'll also bring you ranch. That's not standard? That's not standard anywhere else in the country? I don't know if it is or not. Like, that's... I, mean, that's, I could not imagine... Do you eat hot wings with ranch or no? Do... Um, I don't, personally, no, but uh, they always serve it with it. A lot oh, of people do. Holy shit. I've never thought about that. I had hot wings and ranch last night. Okay. Two cups of ranch. Like, I've never not had hot wings without ranch. Well, there you go. Wow. So, I don't know. It must just be an East Coast thing that they don't like it. That's crazy. But, yeah, my wife, my wife loves it. It's like her favorite topping. So, she puts it on a lot of stuff, too. You know Patton Oswalt? Yes. He has this bit that he says you could put fucking uh, I think it's Patton Oswalt. He says you could put a you could put ranch on a turd and I'd muscle my way through it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how like people feel about ranch down here. People love their ranch. Like I, they put it on pizzas, hot wings. Yep, that's all. They all do that here. Too. No. Fuck. Totally just fucked this model up. But yeah. Yeah, ranch is a pretty pretty normal way of life down here. I'll have to ask my buddy Jay about it, because he's originally from the East Coast and then moved to California and now lives here. So he's lived for fairly long stretches of times in different very different regions of the US. So, Jay, Jay, I know you listen to this podcast. Uh, remind me. Tell me. Send me a message or call me on the phone or call into our hotline or something and let us know. I wonder if Jake. I wonder if Jake eats a lot of ranch. Jake Busey. I don't know. Jake, I know you're listening. 
Yeah. Let us know how you feel about ranch. Jake always has the best responses, too. <laughs> like, some of my favorite. But anyway. Speaking of... No, no, we're not going to go into it. Never mind. Okay. Okay. I was going to talk about... Uh, we'll talk about after the cast. The hunting thing. Like, we'll talk about after the cast. Okay. Anyway. All right. So those are the two Facebook messages I was going to go over. Do you want me to go over the cheating stuff? I can. You can if you want. That was your thing. I wanted to see some crazy stuff. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. So the voicemail question we posed was, what is the craziest form of cheating you've ever witnessed while playing a game, Warhammer or otherwise? And uh, Scott says, Warhammer Fantasy Tournament 1999, guy has <laughs> says he has a, had a magic item, Gem of Gnar, locks my orc warlord down in the magic maze for a turn. I lose combat and run and lose the game. Look at his printout post game. No such my magic item listed. Judges give it to him and said he was he said it was a legit mistake. He was good friends with the judge. Stolen, stolen right out from under Scott. <laughs> Enough to where he like that was like he remembers what year it was. Ninety nine. He's got like a wall that says like ninety seven, <laughs> ninety eight, like with his awards. Ninety nine. The leases were in. They're <laughs> in. <laughs> Exactly. And then, like, he's got the 2000, but like 99's missing. Poor Scott. Scott's a good dude. Uh, sorry, that guy told me I was taken. Austin says Team Tourney in Indy, high ranked tourney player, says you're locked in combat against an undestroyed vehicle. Boom. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I would argue that pretty well. <laughs> like, uh, no, you're not. There you go. <laughs> Duncan says, "Guy brought over 700 points of additional forces to the table, played with them, and even though they were in his, were, weren't in his list, Judge still gave him the win because his opponents never bothered to check his list." Ooh, <laughs> what do you do at that point? I don't know. That just sounds like playing normal 40k anymore with as many <laughs> free models as you get. Dude, for real, how would you know? How would you even fucking know? I, Oh, I would. Uh, my formation lets me get all these jet bikes for free. Okay, sure. Cool, cool story. <laughs> I I have no way to verify that because I don't own every book, and I definitely haven't spent enough time. So yes, sure. Forty k playing a Maelstrom mission. This comes from Chris. He says forty k playing a Maelstrom mission had played this opponent a few times before. He had his tactical cards decks for his faction when they were released. After two or three games, I asked to look at the cards. I was curious what his faction-specific ones were, Space Wolves. He denied to let me look. The evening we took a break for dinner, He returned before I re- we returned before he did. He had left his deck sitting on the table. As I looked through them, he had trios of several cards and duos of several more. He had bought two to three decks just to remove the cards he didn't score well and added in the others that favored his drop pod list. Dude, that's... <laughs> Sneaky. That's a sneaky little get right there. Holy shit. So smart. <laughs> 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 wow. People don't fuck around with cheating, man. I, 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 oh. So there you go, boys. Check your list, your opponent's list, before you do anything. And uh, also, you cannot be caught in combat with an undestroyed vehicle. Don't worry about that. A walker, yes. Undestroyed walker, absolutely. Um, and also, 
make them open the pack of Maelstrom cards in front of you. <laughs> no, I'm or just kidding. Just, like, just don't play Maelstrom missions. <laughs> I mean, you don't really have the option of that, but like, fuck, dude. There's no way to combat that, Chris. Like, you got legit fucked. That was a legit bad person, and fuck. Like, that was just, they knew they were cheating. And that was the bill of cheating right there. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Bill Bill Galinas version. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So we got through all that. That's it for voicemails. That's it for comments on our Facebook. That's it for that. So we got three emails you wanted to go over, Ryan. Yep. So let me go ahead and pop open the first one. I'll mark it with an H to let everybody know this Hornets. Okay, so this comes from Smith, and Smith says, need some advice on Thousand Sons. He says, hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank you for all the content you put out. You all have the best 30K podcast from content tactics and pure hilarity viewpoint. I do a lot of driving for work, and you guys keep me from committing heinous acts of road rage. You're welcome, Smith. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so I have a problem. Have you heard the good news, brother? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, I feel like like right now there could be some road rage going on with somebody else. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, it's cool. It's cool, man. Fuck that lady. She cut you the fuck off. Fuck her. You're Stupid. just gonna get him fired up. No, I'm like, you can't do that. You got to be soothing. You got to massage it, massage their ego. Be like, hey, it's all right, man. Maybe that person's having a bad day. Maybe they have a shitty life. Maybe the life that you go home to every day is so much better than yours. So just don't worry about it. That dude right there? See that dude in the blue truck in front of you? Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> just like, stir them up. <laughs> Fuck that dude. He had no right. He has no right to push himself into your lane. Fuck that guy. Hit him. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. We're not going to let you be the... Uh, the suicide hotline counselor. <laughs> Do it. Do it. What happened? Oh fuck, I'd kill myself too. Later. Click. <laughs> that that fucking sucks. Here, let me tell you a story real quick about how this dude got fingers shoved in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, your day's better? Yeah, I thought it was. Quit bitching. <laughs> Look. That guy's still alive. <laughs> You'd expect him to kill himself after that. He's a we talked about Ace Ventura a couple times on here. He's like went home and like burned his clothes in the <laughs> trash can, like chewing all the gum. <sighs> like, not the only gun did stick it in my hip. Not only did it happen, but there's a fucking professional witness that saw it happen. <laughs> yeah, and you then, can't lie about it. Imagine <laughs> if no one saw it happen, you would never tell anyone. You would never. That's you never tell anyone. It happened to this guy, and he had a fucking nickname for the rest of his life. That every time he hears that nickname, he has to remember that fucking story. <laughs> like, uh, it's like in the Jackass where he tells him he goes to the doctor with the car in his butt, and he goes, "I know," and he knows, and that's already too too many people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You don't you don't tell nobody. You don't tell anybody. I know, and he knows, and that's already too too many people." <laughs> For real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> could you like could you imagine the other cop you're just like, So are you gonna put this into the report? I have to. <laughs> like could you not? <laughs> like what well, I mean that's like straight assault. I wonder if they arrested her or just like let it go. That's assault. 
she she shoves the fingers in her mouth, and you fucking whip out the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my dignity back. Hold on. Anyway. So Smith says, so I have a problem. I got into 30K recently after playing 40K for 20 years and fell in love with the Thousand Sun Legions. Actually, if you guys remember, you did a flit slogging Iron Warrior list for a guy named Evan, and he was the one that convinced me he was the one that convinced me to convert over. You know that friend he mentioned that was complaining about artillery? Well, that's me. And it was a super and it was his super heavy Praetor armored assault launcher sitting behind a void shield with Iron Havocs and Siege Tyrant that mulched my army. This was my second game of 30k and I was playing Word Bearers and I could still hear the screams of my Galvor back. <laughs> so my thoughts were to proxy my 1,000 sons, my 1k sons as Word Bearers until Inferno dropped. Now, I'm not really sure where to go with my army. Evan and I are in an Escalation League, which the next round is 1,000 points. So while we don't have the Legion rules yet, maybe you guys could help me build a 1,000-point, 1,000-sun list with thoughts of where I can grow to 1.5 and 2K, 2.5K. I'm stuck between waiting for the rules and potentially proxy word bearers to do a large-scale games against the Iron, that Iron Warriors list you wrote. All in all, I need advice as what to purchase, what purchases to make next. Uh, as for the 1K, I started the first round of Escalation League with a blob squad of 20-man tacticals and an apothecary, librarian and console. Librarian and console? Okay. Librarian console, maybe. This is librarian and console, so I don't know if he has... Maybe he means centurion? Just like a normal centurion, Yeah. Yeah. Backed up by dual carries, dread, and a quad launcher. Unfortunately, I need a second troop choice for 1K, which cuts out my thoughts of adding a Sakaran and another quad mortar. Uh, so I'm thinking... No, it doesn't. We'll fix that. Yeah. So I'm thinking Vets with Pride of the Legion with the meta for this league, which is with the meta for this league, there has been a lot of Vets, Flyers, and Drop Pod Space Wolf list. Can you say Augury Scanner? Other models in my army include Dreadnoughts, including Leviathans. Other models of my army include Dreadnoughts, including Leviathan, Transports, Marines with any weapons, a Spartan, Quad Mortars, 10 Terminators, and most HQ choices. Thanks again, and here's hoping that one day I can finally bring Evan's Iron Warriors down. Blake from Maryland. <clears throat> All right, so what I would do for your... Because you said you already got a blob squad of 20 guys. Just split it in two and make it two 10-man squads and put them in Rhinos. Boom. <laughs> and, and then you should have a bunch of extra points to go ahead and still put your Sakaran or whatever else you want in, and you're still running the same amount of guys. And the two guys in Rhinos are going to be better than the 120-man squad on foot anyway. <laughs> you had the troops the entire time. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like. It was inside you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. What you should do is put them under, like, put all 20 together under a sheet and then, like push them apart with your hands, and then pull the sheet off like fucking magic because they're Thousand Suns. Boom. Boom. Two troop choices. And then, like you said, if you want to make them vets, you could do basically, you know, still split them in two 10-man squad and just call them vets, put them in rhinos or whatever. But as far as Thousand Suns, uh, I mean, just keep, just hang tight, brother. I mean, you, you gotta, you're going to get rules here soon. As soon as the rules come out, um, send that's, me another email. That's next week, we'll, right? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I next no week. Clue. I think it's next week. It all goes down. So I mean, I I can't tell you 
where to go because I, I don't want to recommend something. And then because we, you know, they very well may get a, spe- a Legion specialty unit that's really good and then a way to unlock them as troops where you're not going to really want to own, you know, more tacticals or tactical sports or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I, I know it sucks, but I mean, I just, I just hang tight. So without having to make you buy really anything extra, um, except some rhinos, which I mean, I think you're always going to have use for rhinos for most armies. Uh, I just take that 20 man you already got and split it down into two 10 men, two 10 man squads and get them some rhinos. Yeah, I did also see that um, Games Workshop or, or Forge World actually said that the units for Space Wolves and Thousand Sons were going to be drastically different than what we see in the Red Book. Like, so, like, I feel, I, I don't know, man, I... I any speculation at this point would be just that speculation. So, right. It'd be like, yep. yeah, go buy vets. Oh, you don't have access to vets, or go make vets. Well, fuck. Right. So that's why I said I would just make the stuff that you have go as far as you can until those rules come out. So that's what I would do: is just take your twenty man and split it into two ten men, so you're not buying more models that you may not use. But once those rules come out, feel free to. Yeah, we'll definitely write you a list. Then. Can you imagine what um, that that week's gonna be like? Once the rules drop and everybody starts getting their books in, it's going to be like Custodes and Space Wolves, Thousand Suns. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be chaos. Dogs and cats living together. (laughs) So, I'm trying to think, man... I mean, you could do with do some good with some marksman vets and a rhino, especially if you're getting pounded. Well, that's on what I'm by... saying. Like, yeah, he could just take because he's already got the guys. Just make them veterans and put them in rhinos, and you're not having to buy any more models other than maybe the rhinos if he doesn't already have rhinos. But like I said, I feel like rhinos are going to be a safe bet for any army. Yeah, I was thinking about like versus this Iron Warriors player that he's like getting his dick kicked in by. I mean, the best way to get around a lot of that is some type of drop pod but i would wait i mean i don't i don't want to tell him to go buy a bunch of dread claws or whatever right now until we see the rules and then he could magically come in and shit <laughs> like he could teleport in it's like oh my bad bro so for your escalation league go rhinos yep this is this is going to be a rough Second week here or whatever, thousand point week because you don't have real rules. It's not your fault, but just gotta wait, buddy. Okay. So that's Smith's email. So next on the list is Mr. John Stanford. No, oh, no. It's a little little say it. <laughs> it's Llewellyn, I believe. Llewellyn. Llewellyn says, Hey guys, Ryan, I'd like eight and eight thousand I'd like eight thousand sons list, please. And the following points eight thirty five, eleven seventy, thirteen ninety, sixteen sixty five, eighteen oh three, and fifty one ninety. 
They all need different routes of war. Oh, and I have no infantry. <laughs> and, and you need to fit 32 jet bikes in each list. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for my re- recent Death Guard list review in episode 38. The list looks great. And after some research on chaplains and Death Guard, I feel that it's fluffy. I'll call him Lodgemaster. I've been looking and trying to build the chaplain in Tataras armor, and I'm not sure where to start. I thought perhaps a Death Shroud torso and some kind of skull-type helm. Uh, like the Night Horror Light Night Lord's Terror Head. I was hoping you guys might have suggestions for bits that might help me build him. I really don't like I don't want to use a forty K Terminator Chaplain model. Look, right. Look at um what uh, War Games exclusive. If you mm-hmm. go to their Chaos Space Marine section, they have a lot of different cool looking Terminator torsos. Yeah. And I think KF Studios has some too, don't they? That's where that's what I was gonna suggest. The KF Studios for the heads and then probably just like a Death Shroud torso. Right. But also look at like I said, look at that War Games exclusive place. Um they ha- they have some pretty cool uh alternate you know, torsos and stuff. Yeah. He says, uh PS He says, Right, I'm off to share your episode and get myself in the running for some foreign grindage. Keep up the good work, guys. I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, P.S. Ryan wins the prize for pronouncing my name correctly. First try. Michael, your text speech program was garbage. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Google might have something to say about that. <laughs> no, I, like, we knew. We knew, like, immediately that that was not how you pronounce your name. Lulawin. 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 All right, so get on those other lists there. KF Studios and War you suggest War Games exclusive. There's they have some cool stuff. I'm trying to think of um, some other companies that actually make like alternate torsos that are Terminator sized. Don't know. Uh, there's some badass fucking like models from Cybor. Skibor. 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 Cybor. It's S, what is it, S-C-I-B-O-R. Yeah. Yeah, you could look there, too. Cybar. And then there's always that 3D printed chaplain. Triggered. Triggered. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Give those a try. I like the KF Studio stuff a lot. I got some of their... Uh, oh, as far as a cool skull helm... Uh, I seen. I can't remember who it was. It's. Uh, I think it may have been Ben Porter. He used like for to make like a an iron warrior looking skull helmet, but it would work. It's very. Uh, is the skull crushers of corn the fantasy guys that are yes. like a chaos warrior riding a skull crusher, or or not a, a juggernaut like the juggernaut riding chaos warrior guys from fantasy? If you look at their heads. They're very skull shaped, but they look pretty cool. And you can trim those air brake bunny ear things off of them and use those. You can usually find those heads on eBay. So you might look at those too for a helmet, for a skull helm. Fuck yeah. Suggestions on point. And last email comes from John Stanford, who we actually need to have him on a, on a cast. I think he just sent me a message this past week saying he was super busy, but now he's available to talk about the event he ran up in Dallas. Okay. He says, 
Thanks so much for the help with the Death Guard Stormlord list. I really helped to understand how to run it and protect it. Hopefully, I'll be able to finish construction on it this weekend and start testing out the list. And uh, kudos to Ryan for keeping us on our toes by including illegal list options to see if we'd catch him. Did we pass? Hang on. Uh, <laughs> what it was was uh, I told him, I think we went over this already, attaching the, the apothecary to the mortars. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think Ben set me straight on it, and then I messaged John and told him or whatever. Ben Porter is the Ben I'm talking about. I think we already talked about this on the show. But uh, what I did is I just dropped a, uh, that list. If you go back and listen to it, um, I just dropped a single Grave Warden, and then with the extra points, uh, just upgraded that Apothecary to a Master of Signal because he can join anything, and then he joins. So it do- still does the same thing. Because the idea wasn't really trying to put Feel No Pain on the mortars, it was trying to give them an augury scanner for interceptor. So by putting a master signal in there, it's actually a better fit because he adds to the bombardment with his, and he automatically comes with a uh, augury scanner because of the cognitive signal. So anyway, so that's yeah, what he's talking. so the reason why that doesn't work is because it says in the apothecary rules that it has to consist entirely of infantry. The squad it says ex- yes. The, yeah. the squad must be entirely composed of infantry. If it just said infantry squad, you could attach it because it's a mixed unit of infantry and artillery. So it counts as both types. So the reason it can't is because it says exclusively infantry or only infantry or whatever it says. So, yeah. so. But if you still want to use the intercepting quad mortar idea, you still can. You just have to put find another way to put an augury scanner in there. Um, so any pretty, you could do a Primus Medicae because he can take one. You can do a Forge Lord. I think he can take one, or you can do a Master of Signal because he's got a Kaga Signum already. Diggity dope. So anyway, continue. Thanks also for the much too kind words regarding the Stormlord model I'm working on. One item I wanted to correct Michael mentioned: the fuel tanks as being from the Blood and Skulls Industries, and that's not quite right. But it could be. Uh, Machinator's Baneblade tanks don't quite really fit on the fell blade because of the back slopes of the tank is different. I have one of these, his original fell blades and love the design. So I fabricated a tank off the Forge World fell blade proportions and updated the aesthetic to a bit, a bit to match the 30K Legion style. I've been installing them on the flood blade chassis models I build, and if I do say it myself, it does look so much better that so much better than the stock oil drums that's just how a legion would roll here's a link to the couple photos comparing the fuel tanks and then uh he sent us a picture which i will post anyway here's a blood and skulls hook machinator has my master model for the full drill tank version i sent him for a while back uh with the convert conversation perhaps he could sell cast and sell them he never did but he hopefully still has the master so perhaps a little persuasion from others meaning you the community could get him to produce a few Keep up the great work on the podcast, and thanks for all your support in the heresy, John. So, fuck yes, like, those fuel tanks are badass. And, like, now that he's posting them side by side, you can tell the difference. But, like, good lord, man, like, uh, John Stanford's just a boss, dude. Yep. That, uh, that Forge, our, uh, Stormlord looks so good, man. So good. I can't wait to see it done. Hopefully it's that stiff. Is that where he's he's getting it ready for? Uh, yeah. He will be at stiff. 
Can't wait to meet all these guys. This will be cool meeting everybody. It's gonna be a good fucking time. I still, I still regret not going to that fucking event in Dallas. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I will post these pictures up. I love that red on that uh, those tanks you got there, John. And if you want to see those fuel tanks released, I guess we can get in contact with Machinator. He's chained down to his desk this weekend, so may as well <laughs> may as well give him something else you could buy from him. So, anyway, it's list time, buddy boy. I just ordered a falchion, so I what can... for what what yeah. army? I don't know yet. Then why'd you order it? <laughs> I don't know. Because I wanted one. That happens to me, dude. I look at my paycheck sometimes. I'm like, how much can I spend this week? I don't know why I did it either, because I really need a Typhon for that Death Guard list if I'm buying anything, and I already have a ton of models. So You just wanted to know. paint it to see what it looks like? See how good it looks? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I already have that other Blood Angel Stormblade that I haven't even painted with the big plasma gun on it. Yeah. So I still got that thing to paint. So I don't know what I was doing. I I, I don't know. I wanted that MK2B Land Raider real bad, real yeah. bad. Ordered it, and then I told Sam he'd that's, have it. That's pretty much why I built <laughs> that Death Guard army, because I, there was just models that I wanted that I never seemed to be able to fit in anything else. So I was just like, I'm building this stupid army because I want a bunch of Achilles and I want a Mark IIb and I want a Typhon. And I don't own any of it, so I'm going to put it all in one list. So, <laughs> anyway. I'm just saying, if, if those fuel tanks existed and they fit on the uh, Falchion, I would do it. I'm about to order a whole bunch of Dreadnoughts I don't need. <sighs> You obviously don't. You already got like a trillion. Yep. I love them though. Now I'm going to have Quartus legs, man. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have a whole army full of Quartuses. I'm going to have nine fucking Quartuses in my run. And then I'm going to take <laughs> Fury of the Ancients. And I'm going to have another <laughs> like normal Contemptors. Oh well. So first things first. First list first. Let's move on. To that, it's going to be from Evan, and it's a 3,000-point Alpha Legion list. Maximum flexibility is what it's titled. So Evan says, Hi, Mike and Ryan. I'm trying to come up with an Alpha Legion list focused on being as flexible as possible through the vets, the use of vet squads. Mutable tactics and score. I'm having trouble figuring out how to equip my vet squads to, for this list, as I do not want to help them be equipped for only one veteran tactical choice, which is as off, which is often the marksman of the battle reports I've watched. I haven't built this list yet, and money isn't an issue, but I like to try and include at least one saboteur score and a use of vet squads as my primary troops. I think the Proteus with the Exploratory Artery Web is a good choice, especially when fighting against reserves-based armies. So if you choose, so if I choose so, I can give them minus two reserves or re-roll my own reserves, but I'm open to other options. My current list is in the Google Docs document link here. Hello, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> you good? Okay. So he took a score, 
uh, with the chosen du- chosen duty right at war. He took a saboteur with artificer armor, refractor field, commie melts, a power dagger, and a single lightning claw. He took that times two. Then he took a four tactical vet squads. Uh, three of them have heavy bolter with a Spencer web with all the Sarge having artificer armor. All the power, all the Sarge have power fists. All of them have power daggers. All of them have rhinos with the multi melta. And he took one tactical vet squad with two heavy flamers, four Kami Meltas, Sarge with Artifice Armor, a Kami Melta, a Power Fist, Power Dagger, Rhino with Dozer Blade, Extra Armor, and Multi Melta. And all these are 10-man vet squads, by the way, if you couldn't tell by the two heavy weapons. Uh, then he took a five-man Lernian Terminator squad. Four of them have Chain Fist. The Sergeant has a Power Dagger with a Mastercraft Chain Fist. There is a seven-man Seeker Squad with uh, six combi plas, Sarge with Artificer Armor, Plasma Pistol, Power Fist, Power Dagger, Prote- inside of a Proteus with Exploratory Augury Web, Twin Linked Heavy Bolter, and Armored Ceramite, Dozer Blade, and Extra Armor. Uh, then he took a Storm Eagle with uh, four Hellfire Missiles, Armored Ceramite, and a Twin Linked Multimelta. Then he took a Fire Raptor with four Hellfire Missiles, Reaper Auto Cannon Battery, and Armored Ceramite. And it's a uh, twenty nine ninety five. So, uh, what'd you do to his list, Ryan? Okay, so first off, I do want to say his his list is totally fine as is. I love the idea of this list um, because you get to pick these veteran tactical guys' uh, veteran skill before the game begins. You can you know swap between the whatever right at the table side. Same thing with your mutable tactics, and also I was like, why did he pick score? Um, if he's going max flexibility, because I, you know, I've never really looked into him that hard, I guess. So I read Score's rules, and why he did it is because if you take Score as your warlord, you can choose his warlord trait. Um, if you choose to choose it, then you have to choose it from the strategic traits in the standard 40k rulebook. So real quick, I wanted to go over those because I mean, I know. In our game club, we almost exclusively roll on the 30k warlord trait. We don't really use the 40k one that often, so I don't. Maybe other people do out there, but I thought I'd go over these real quick. So you can and remember, if you have scores your warlord, you can just choose any of these. So the first one is your units have the move through cover special rule. If moving through ruins and have the stealth ruins special rule. Cool. So if you end up playing on a table with a lot of ruins, I mean, that would be obviously extremely handy. Um, the second one is Night Attacker. If you choose to use the night fighting rules in your game, there's no need to roll. It is night fight on the first turn, and all of your models have the night vision special rule. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that could be good. Um, the third one is Master of Ambush. Your Warlord and three non-vehicle units of your choice have Infiltrate. Oh, wow. So so you could go mutable tactics, you know, tank hunter or whatever, and then do your vets as whatever, and then still get infiltrate on some guys. Um, four is strategic genius. You add plus one to any seize the initiative roll. In addition, while your warlord is alive, you can re-roll any failed reserve rolls. Or, sorry, any reserved rolls, failed or successful. Wow. So that's obviously really good. Um, five is divide and conquer. While your warlord is alive, your opponent has a negative one modifier to their reserve rolls, <laughs> which, as he stated, if you put the leave the Proteus in, you can make it a neg two, which makes your shit only come in on a what four 
might be a minus be a five, five up, plus. Five up, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last one uh, is Princeps of Deceit. At the start of your opponent's turn, pick three units in the enemy army. Each of these units must take a pinning test. I think that's far and away the weakest one. You're going to choose one of the other ones. Yeah, but like, but, it, but the if fact you think you about play it, that like pick every game. Right. So you're going to get a pick one of these warlord traits, and then you're also going to get a pick all your veteran skills, and then you're also going to get a pick your mutable tactic. Right before the game begins. Right before the game begins. Ba- like right, like you look at your enemy army. You said, "All right, boys, <laughs> this is what we're right. doing today." So, um, he didn't say like, you know, this is my list. Like, try to stick to models or whatever. So I just kind of wrote my own thing. Um, so it's it, it's the exact same idea. And it's got a lot of the same units, but they're armed, totally different. And I put some different elements in here. So I don't know if he'll want to go my list because it's kind of a drastic departure to some of the stuff. But I figured I would just throw it out there. And then he can steal ideas or, you know, get like why I took certain things. Um, you know, he can like draw from that, I guess. But his stock standard list that he has here is fine. The only thing I was a little confused on is the Seekers. Just because Seekers are so close to Veterans anyway, we talk about this all the time, like I feel like Veterans almost do their job better for less points in a lot of ways. And because he's trying to go maximum flexibility, it would just make sense to make that Seeker squad just another Vet squad. So, you know, it allows you that to stick with the theme of the list of getting to choose. Right. So, um, so anyway, uh, what I took in the list that I wrote is uh, Score, um, as the, the warlord. And then I have two saboteurs. Both saboteurs have artificer armor, combi melta, power dagger, and then they come with melt bomb. So basically it's the same one he had. I just got rid of the lightning claw just to save points basically. Um, then for troops I have, so I want to, there's a lot of these that are all similar. So bear with me, but, but they are slightly different. So the first troop choice is, uh, 10 veterans, um, seven of them have combi meltas, two of them have melta guns, and the art the sergeant has artificer armor combi melta, and they're in a rhino with pinnel mounted multi melta. Then the second unit is another ten man veteran squad. There is also seven combi meltas in this one, uh, also two melta guns. The veteran sergeant in this one has artificer armor, combi weapon, power fist, and power dagger, and these guys. Uh, are just on foot for now, but we'll get there. Then I have a third veteran squad that's armed exactly like the one I just talked about. So it's it's the full combi melta squad, you know, the full melta vet squad with the two melta guns and the eight combi meltas. And the sergeant has artificer armor, uh, power fist, uh, power dagger, and then the combi weapon. Then for the fourth troop choice, I have a seven man veteran squad. Um, six guys have uh, combi plasmas and then the sergeant has a combi plasma and artificer armor and they're in a rhino with a multi-melta and then I have another seven man veteran squad that's armed exactly the same way but they don't have a rhino it's just they're just on foot for now and then I took five normal terminators they're not uh, the Lemarin they're just standard cataphracty um, two of them have power fist or sorry, three of them have power fists and two of them have chain fists. And they're just on foot for now. Then for fast attack, I took three 
Anvilus Dreadclaws. So there's three Anvilus in the list. And then for heavy support, I took two Fire Raptors. Both Fire Raptors have auto cannons uh, and hell strikes. And then for heavy for the third heavy support slot, I took a Proteus with armored ceramite and the Explorator Augurier web. And this list is twenty nine ninety eight. So if you look at the veteran squads, there are one, two, three, four, five veteran squads in the army. Um, so three of them have basically all the Meltas. Um, and then of those three, two of them have the sergeants that are decked out for close combat. And then the other two veteran squads are plasmas. So the reason I did that, I feel like Melta and Plasma are the best way to go because they're the most flexible. Because if you go tank hunter, or sorry, if you go machine killer with these veterans, all these weapons work well with machine killer. And also if you go tank hunter for your... Um, mutable, tactic. uh, mutable tactics, they work for that. On the flip side of that, if you go uh, marksman, these guys can outflank, which works for all of this stuff as well. And then still use the bolt gun part of the gun to get sniper. The other parts will gain sniper, but it's not as important because it's already AP2 and high strength. So it's really just the bolt gun part. But you can use it there and then still use the plasma guns and melt is for decent anti-tank because, you know, there's still melted guns and plasma guns. Um, also, this would... What are the other mutable tactics? There isn't counterattack one of them? Yep. Counterattack would be good because there's so many veterans. All these guys are four base attacks per dude. Um, and then the Terminators are two base attacks and then would become three. So counterattack would be pretty powerful for this army. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, in yours, like, you had a unit with flamers and we've went over like why, you know, sniper flamers are really good. But the problem with that is those combi flamers are only going to be good with marksmen. Right. Whereas if you go melters or plasma, no matter what you choose as far as mutable tactics or veteran tactics, it's still going to be useful. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're building an all encompassing vet squad and you, and you're going to want to change the, the veteran tactic, game to game, I think the best loadout is probably Meltas because they're still going to be effective. Like, say you run into an opponent that only has light armor, like my Blood Angel list, like I don't have any armor 14 and I have no armored Ceramite in my army. There's really no sense in going machine killer. It's overkill. But you can still use those guys to kill tanks, but then you can make them marksmen, so they're also good at killing infantry. For Whereas sure. if, or if you have just flamers on guys you're locked into those guys who are really only going to be good against infantry. Yeah. So I, that's why I stuck to all plasma and melted because it can go either way. So if you notice there, the two close, the two veteran squads that are the 10 mans that don't have rhinos that are the melted vet squads that also have the sergeants that are loaded out for close combat. You're going, you're going to put those guys in the anvilus dread claws. Um, and then that'll leave you uh, a loose Dreadclaw and the Land Raider, uh, Proteus. So in the in that, you can either put the... Um, so it, it, the other Dreadclaw gets the five Terminators, and then the Proteus gets the seven uh, Veterans, because it'll hold eight. It lowers its capacity when you go to the Proteus. So I figured when you give the Proteus the... Explorator or the the um, yeah the Explorator Augury Web it gains Scout 
so you can scout up with these um these uh the seven man um plasma squad and jump out uh or sorry the melta squad it's a melta team that doesn't have the ride so i feel like this allows more for the flexibility that he was talking about because it's it's all vets and then the way the guys are loaded out it really doesn't matter what you go they're still going to be effective at multiple jobs i like it is there any like uh advice you would give for what tactics to choose for for score what warlord trait to choose it really depends like you said game to game i mean because you have so if you go the dread i like the the dread claws in here because it's going to give you two drop pods turn one and then depending on what you go with the other guys because you could go marksman you know with the uh, with the rhino guys and outflank those you can start the rhinos on the board the land raider can scout up but regardless you're likely to have you're going to have at least one Dreadclaw in reserve and the two Fire Raptors in reserve and um, the two Saboteurs in reserve. So I feel like the the Strategic Genius, which is the plus one to seize, and then into in addition, you can re-roll uh, any reserve rolls. I think that's good, but the, the, the Proteus already gives you that, right. I believe. Right. So... So if as long as you feel like you can keep the Proteus alive, you don't really need that one. So because the Proteus allows you to reroll reserves on all that stuff. Um, if you wanted to start on the table, like because you feel like you're going first or whatever, you could, you know, go master the ambush. That's the other thing. Like I designed these guys to go in these dread claws, but because they're not dedicated, well, I mean, even if they were dedicated, there's no rule like making you start in them. So, I mean, you could leave them empty or swap units in and out of them as well. Um, obviously, if there's a table with lots of ruins, the Conqueror of Cities would be really good. Um, it, it, it really just depends. I mean, that's the thing is it, it's game to game. On a ruin board, it would be really hard to pat Like on one of my city boards, how many ruins are there? It would be really hard to not take Conqueror of Cities. Because then you're talking, you got a bunch of area terrain ruins, and all your dudes are going to be three up cover. That's all pretty hard to get. That's pretty hard to get rid of. Mm. That's a cool list, man. I like it. Very, and I like the I like the dual I like the dual fire after way more than the storm eagle fire after. I'm not a big storm eagle guy. Yeah. I, I think, think it works. Me and my buddy Scott were talking about this the other day. I think it works in Iron Warriors if you have Petarabo in your army because you can get it turn one. But putting guys in a flyer, the just, earliest that they, yeah, the really the earliest that they get affect anything is turn three. It just, it's not great. No, I agree. And then plus he has so much other stuff that like. Does the, does the job better than a storm eagle could do to anti tank wise, right? Because you got, and, and and these the, the ones that he had too. He just had the standard hellfire missiles on there, the little like Chinese firework ones. I think I think they're the strength six ones. So you definitely, if you can, always upgrade the hell strikes are way better the because they have that new profile, the strength eight AP two, um, sunder. Yep. So. That's the thing about this lit. It's just so good. It's going to be very, very well-rounded. All the time. I like it. I think it's going to set a standard for Alpha Legion now. I think a lot of people like I think it's going to open up a lot of eyes. 
like clearly they made score for that reason like you know letting him pick his warlord trait like right it's very cool and then like if if you played against somebody that was real heavy reserves like orbital assault like he said you if you have the proteus on the board you can also take divide and conquer and they're minus two to their reserve rolls that's going to screw over a lot of armies dude for real like some raven guard stuff dude if you played against a drop pot army and like you're like okay i'll fight half your army and then i'll fight the other half and like two more turns like that would be fucking brutal right because that's the other thing if you fight against a drop pot army you wouldn't have to put your guys in the dread claws you could just start them off on the board yeah and because they're gonna have to drop in to your range anyway for them to be effective and then you could throw the negative reserves on them and then not even really work like your your dread claws would just be empty or whatever yeah it's like yeah just come at me now and then uh i guess later when the rest of your army comes in (laughs) Because we send them bad signals and shit, then we'll fight the rest. That's cool. So I feel like I feel like I kept the the core idea of his list and just kind of like I got rid of the Lemayans and the Seekers and I just for points and I put in a, a fifth tactical squad and swapped the normal Terminators and then swapped the Storm Eagle for a fire after. But other than that, it's pretty pretty close to his same idea. Other than changing war gear around on the vets. Yeah, those uh those linear terminators aren't going to do anything that normal terminators really can't. Yeah, they they're they're an extra weapon skill and hat come with Volkite chargers. It's a good swap. So, it was just really just to save points, but um I don't know. I hope he likes it. I I think it's cool. I mean, like I said even if he wants to stick to a standard list, it's still going to be good. Ten four. All right. Next on to a two K Iron Warrior list with some allies. It's sacrificial offering. Sacrificial offering for Mister Josh Corick. That's remember that pilot I told you that I play in Battlefield, the badass pilot. That's Josh. That's Mister. Oh, okay. He's the one that I, I'm the gunner for. He says. Hey guys, Josh here with a quick Iron Warriors Colt Militia 2K list. I know it's not competitive by any means, but it sounded fun, so I thought I'd give y'all's opinion on it. I don't plan to make friends with this list either, so for what it's worth, here we go. So it's not going to be competitive, but he doesn't plan on making friends. It's going to be a 2,000-point Iron Warrior Sacrificial Offering, Rod of War. He's got a Delegatus, and that's it, just Delegatus. <laughs> He's got, got a, a Mastercrafted Chainsword. Mastercrafted Chainsword, yeah. <laughs> then he's got uh, two tactical squads, both in rhinos with multi-meltas and dozers. Uh, then he's got uh, two attack bikes with multi-meltas, two attack bikes with multi-meltas, and one attack bike with autocannons. A fortification is his void shield generator. He's added two void shields to it. Then for his allied detachment, he's got a force commander in carapace armor, digital leaders, power sword, Survivors of the Dark Age and Am Human Helots. Under his troop choice, he's got two Grenader squads, which is eight Grenaders, two Grenaders with heavy stubbers, last rifles, and advanced weapons. And so that is 20 dudes right there and three plus armor. Yep. And then strength four last rifles, right? Yep. Then he's got an Ogren Brute Squad, which is plus three Ogren, so that makes six Ogrens, right? 
Is yep. that four? Yeah, six Ogrens in Carapace Armor and additional close combat weapons, so three up save Ogrens. Then he's got a heavy support. He's got three Lehman Russes and a squadron, just bare-bone Lehman Russes. So everything in the Colt is toughness four, toughness six for the Ogrens with a three-plus save and 30 to 36 guns at strength four, strength five for heavy stubs. Due to advanced weapons, everyone chills under the void shields and waits for the enemy to come to them. If they don't, the Land Raider battle tanks blast from far, and if they get close, six T6 Ogrens give them hugs with the FC. I don't know what that FC stands for. Furious Charge? With the uh, claws? The Fen- Fenrite claws, right? No, it's no, Charonite. Charonite Ogrens, what I'm thinking about. Yeah, and that's that's our Auxilla anyway, or Solar Auxilla. Okay, we'll give, I don't them, know. give them hugs with the FC. Then multi-melter rhinos and attack bikes come up their asses and... Oh, force commander. Force commander. Force commander's okay. there. Okay. Then multi-melter rhinos and attack bikes come up their ass and split the difference. And the delegatus is just happy to be there. <laughs> just waving his sword around. Woo! <laughs> Dude, could you imagine, like, it's so crazy, like, how, like, that force commander, like, really commands this entire list and, like, some delegatus is just, like, Hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that. I changed that. It's like nerd, <laughs> nerd yeah. delegatus. Didn't didn't give him any gear. I, I wasn't a fan. So, so what you I do? Change that. Okay. So I basically just moved some things around, and once again, it's just like his list is fine. Um, the only thing that I really had any gripe with was the the attack bike squads. Like, I would um combine some guys there and make them bigger units just having like one offs and two offs i i, yeah, I don't know it we'll, we'll get there in my list so for my list i took a delegatus just like he did right a war sacrificial offering uh i gave my guy artificer armor power axe and then you mastercraft the power axe for free because of the delegatus special rule and melt the bombs and i put him on a bike so he's on a space marine bike um because remember all of these uh, legion units have to outflank. Um, so then for troops, I took a 10-man tactical squad. The sergeant has artificer armor, and they're in a rhino with a multi-melta. I took that twice, so that exact same unit twice, and that's all the Space Marine stuff. Oh, sorry. No, that's... Never mind. And then I got attack bikes. My bad. So then for the first fast attack choice, I took three attack bikes with multi-meltas. And then for the second fast attack choice, I took three attack bikes with auto cannons. And you'll put your Delegatus with one of these two units. Okay. Then for heavy support, um, I took a Sikorin Venator tank destroyer with a dozer blade because I feel like that thing is going to be hilarious outflanking. Sikorin Venator outflank. Yeah, yeah. Strength 10, fucking... Strength 10 AP 1 2 shot coming in, shooting your rear armor, and it's fast. So it gets to come on from the board edge 12 and then shoot. Um, and then then for the second heavy support, I took a Vindicate, a single Vindicator with Machine Spirit and Dozer Blade. So the Machine Spirit allows it, you can't stun it. Like if you stun it, it still gets to shoot, and it also can move 12 and shoot its large blast. And it's coming in from outflank. Wow. That's mean. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. So then for fortification, I took his same void shield generator with uh, two additional void shields. Uh, for HQ, I took for his uh, a militia allies, I took a force commander with survivors of the Dark Age, Avhuman Helots, just like he had it, a power weapon, iron halo, melt-a-bombs, digital lasers, cyber familiar. 
So I noticed he gave his Force Commander Carapace armor, but he also had... So my thought on that is, if you're running Survivors of the... uh, Or sorry, if you just take a Iron Halo and a Cyber Familiar, you get a 3-up invul. So then there's no reason to really worry about your armor save. Right. So I, it's just better points-wise instead of spending points on an, to upgrade your armor, just uh, just buy a better inball safe and leave him in his base armor. Put put trust in the trust in the it's still it's well it's still a three up so it's either a three up armor or a three up inball you'd rather yeah. have the inball. There's no gray knights in thirty k. Right. So that's really all I swapped around was the the save instead of relying on a three up armor I switched over to three up inball. Um. For troops, I took two 20-man Grenadier squads like he has, um, and they both have laser rifles like he has, but instead of running them with um, heavy stubbers, I gave the all the special weapon guys plasma guns. I get what he's trying to do with the extra range, but, I mean, a plasma gun's still one shot at 24 inches. I just feel like you'd much rather have the, the way higher strength than the AP2. Yeah. Uh, heavy stubbers just aren't going to be... Very effective. And then for heavy support for the militia, I took a single battery of the heavy artillery with maximum crew. So each gun has eight crew. And uh, it's two Medusa siege guns with the breacher shells. So they're the 48-inch range strength 10 AP-1 armor bay. Good lord. (laughs) So I basically... I didn't like the Ogrens in his list because it's like they're just starting like on foot. You know what I mean? Like I just you can kind of avoid those guys or dictate the terms on which you fight them. Like you could just say, well, they're clearly the best close combat thing in the army, but he just gave them additional close combat weapons. So they're just like weight of attacks or just strength five weight of attacks. They don't have like ignore armor or anything. So like cataphracty or something are still going to destroy these dudes. Just like throw a dreadnought into them. and Right. And they're done. Yeah. Where the list that I wrote, you, you have to start on the board with all the militia. So you'll have the artillery carriages and then the 40 guys to surround them. And then the force commander, uh, which you'll just attach to one of the grenadier squads and you'll hide, you know, you'll try to hide that as much as you can under your void shield generator. And then on turn two, when your reserves come in, you have your delegatus attached to one of the attack bike squads and they'll come in and then you got the sicker inventor, the vindicator uh, coming in from outflank. So his army for anti-tank originally, all he really has are the four multi-melta attack bikes and the multi-meltas on the rhino. Um, the standard Russes are strength eight, but they're only AP three. They can't explode anything and they're squadron. So you can only shoot at one target with all those, all that firepower and stuff with flare shields exist. Right. And you're starting them on the board. So in this list that I wrote, you got the artillery carriages that hit side armor. So they get around flare shields and they're street 10 AP one armor bane. Um, so you got those hammer and stuff. And then you still got the three multi meltas on the attack bikes. Then you got the three auto cannons on the other attack bikes. Then you have the sicker inventor and then you have the vindicator. And then you still have the two multi meltas on the rhino and all that stuff comes in from outflank. So you can get side and rear armor. A little bit more aggressive than the list he was proposing. What I guess at that point, you know, what what's really the flare sh- like the void shield generator for? 
you have to take a fortification in this right of war. You're forced to. So the other thought that I was thinking about that was instead of doing a void shield generator, take an Aegis defense line with a quad gun just to give you a little bit of anti-air and just put one of the grenadier units on it. But it's the, it's the same points as a void shield. Either way. No shit. I didn't realize yeah. how cheap void shields were. Yeah. So I like the Delegatus on the bike with some extra war gear because it actually makes him useful because in his other army it was just like a guy just to get a ride of war. Like it, you know what I mean? Like he served virtually no purpose and didn't even have a ride. He would have just walked on from the board edge because both the rhinos are like, he's just a dude on foot and everybody else is on bikes and in tanks and shit. So he just walks on the board from out flank with his chainsaw and bolt pistol. <laughs> like Monty Python style. Ha! <laughs> just, oh, yeah. So I felt like giving him some war gear and putting him on a bike is actually going to get some use out of him. Use every bit of them points. So anyway, my list that I wrote is uh, 1,999 points. I actually like it. I think it's a fun... It'd be really fun. Um, it's actually pretty fluffy for... Well, the outflanking thing's not super fluffy for Iron Warriors, I guess. But, I mean, them, like, sacrificing a bunch of, like, militia assholes while they do the real work seems, you know, like something they would do. I could see Perturabo sending a Delegatus with a chainsword. <laughs> like... <laughs> like a disgraced guy? Yeah. Like a disgraced guy? Like, well, here, go lead these militias to their death. By the way, you're not going to need that fucking Thunderhammer. It's like what? Yeah, go and right. go and return that to the armory. Actually, but I mean, but he's he's. I mean, think like these artillery carriages. They're going to be pretty hard to destroy underneath that void shield generator. And then, like I said, he's got he can bubble wrap them with the forty grenadiers that have the three up armor. So it's going to be pretty hard to try to kill through. And could then you, the. Mer <laughs> could you imagine like how mad you'd be fighting somebody with two medusas under void shields? <laughs> like fucking die you fucking like oh yeah it'd be hard really really hard to get rid of because they each have eight so it's i think each each gun has i forget what the maximum crew is because i forget how many they start with i i think it's eight crew per gun it's either seven crew per gun or eight crew per gun S seven is the max you can get i believe okay i think they come so, with three and then you can add four five four okay yeah. it's a weird number yeah yeah, so anyway, that's 14 wounds there, and then each gun has four wounds because they're the heavy artillery. Yeah. So each, basically you have to kill 11 wounds to get rid of a gun if, if they put the crew around the gun properly. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Yeah. And, the, and they're all... T you have to use the toughness of the gun so the whole unit's going to be tough seven, and then hopefully you're putting it in ruins and then putting the void shield there too. So it's like void shielded in ruins with all those guys. Yeah, yeah, that's and then then bubble wrap it with the grenadiers. It's gonna be annoying to get rid of. Something you definitely want to kill, but something that's gonna be pretty damn difficult to kill because right. Yeah. So anyway, that's I'd, that's I'd what it. I swapped around for him. I dig it. I like it. Probably be seeing that as stiff. That's only 2,000 points. Oh. Probably seeing a rendition of that as stiff. I think he's taking his death guard, actually. All right. Next on the list is the last frustrated son list from Mr. Sean. Sean says, hey, guys. 
just turned on to you guys during the lull of the other podcast over the holidays and love it. We'll definitely be sticking around. I wanted to run my 2K Word Bears Lastest Rated Sun list by you as I love the idea and I love having pods as it is a big change for my 30K Iron Hand tanks. But I feel like there's something missing in the list and I would like you guys to maybe try and figure it out. I'm thinking about switching the Melta squads to Machine Killer Vets with a few Meltas to just add a more staying power. Maybe yep. swapping out the Seekers. Also worried yep. about also having a Vindicator on the table if I go second. Looking yep. to expand this list to 2,500, likely with the Fire Raptor and another Dreadclaw with Galvor back in it. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks again for everything you guys do, Sean. So you're already... Okay, well... I agree with every change that he wants to make already. So I literally just made all the changes that he recommended because those were the very first things I identified, which was what was wrong with the list, was that. Now, what's funny and funny is the list that he wrote is basically the list that... Remember last week when I did that other serrated sun list and I was like, this is pretty much the list I wanted to build. Yeah. So I basically just gave him the exact list that I want to build, this guy, because it's the same points level. And so this list that I'm... I wrote for him is essentially the exact same list that I wanted to build personally. Um, other than I didn't have a Leviathan in my list. I had the Miragao if, if it's legal, which we talked about. Yeah. Once we get the, the FAQ. FAQ. Yeah. So, uh, what I came up with, Oh, you didn't read his list. Did you no, want to read his list? Though? I haven't read it yet. Okay. So his list is a Legion Centurion in artifice armor, burning lore, refractor field, uh, he's a chaplain. He took a Praetor and Artifice Armor, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Melted Bombs, Paragon Blade, the Killy loadout, with a, in a Legion drop pod uh, with four Space Marine chosen. Two of them have power weapons. He's got a Galvorbach squad with four additional Dark Brethren, so I guess a squad of what? So um, what's he, he put them in an Anvilus, so now it could only be a five-man squad. So it's a five-man squad. Uh, yep. with a Dark Martyr and Artifice Armor. A Legion Tactical Squad in Drop Pod. Uh, they're just normal bolters. Ten man. His Dark Martyr has a Power Fist and one of the Galvorback has a Power Weapon. Oh, sorry, I missed this. Then he's got a Legion... The Legion Tactical Sergeant has Bolter and Melted Bombs. Bolter and Melted Bombs. Then he's got a Legion Tactical Support Squad in a Drop Pod. All of them have Melted Guns. He's got a Seeker Squad. Four of them have combi weapons in a drop pod. And a Legion Vindicator with the Laser Destroyer Array and a Leviathan Dreadnought Talon with Armored Ceramite, Cyclonic Melta Lance, Legion Drop Pod, and a Leviathan Siege Drill. I don't see that Anvilus. Where's that Anvilus here? Oh, Anvilus Dreadclaw. Okay, I see it now. Yeah. I must have totally read over that. So, Go. Explain okay. your list. Well, the other thing I noticed is, so this right of war allows you to take Dark Galvorback as non or as compulsory troops. So that means you can take two Galvorback squads and then not have to take normal tactical marines. So I got rid of that normal tactical marine squad too. Don't ever <laughs> take normal tactical marines if you don't have to, unless you just really absolutely love tactical marines or your imperial fist. But, yeah, Imperial Fist can you make can it work. you can still make those guys something else that's not a tactical marine to take advantage of that special rule. Um, so this is what I came up with. So I got the same Praetor that we talked about last week. So 
It's a Praetor with burning lore, which you'll go Biomancy. See last week's episode for why. Um, Paragon Blade, Power Fist, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo. So it's the same Praetor he had, but I threw the Power Fist in there so you get the extra attack. Um, Chaplain is a Chaplain with burning lore, Artificer Armor, a free Power Axe, his Crozius or whatever, and a Boarding Shield. Then for troops, I have five Galvorback. Um, the Dark Martyr has Artificer Armor Power Fist, and they're in a Anvilus. And for the second troop choice, I have that exact same unit. Another five Galvorback, Artificer Armor Power Fist on the Dark Martyr, and an Anvilus. Um, that's the only troops I took. And then I went to Elites. For Elites, the first choice is a five-man uh, veteran tactical squad. Three of them have combi meltas. One of them has a melta gun. Sergeant has a combi melta, and they're in a drop pod. For the second elite choice, I took exactly the same unit. So another five melta vets. For the third elite choice, I took a 10-man uh, veteran tactical squad. Two of the guys have melta guns, um, and they're in a drop pod. And then for the fourth elite slot, I took another 10 veteran tactical marines with two melta guns, and they're in a drop pod. So four veteran squads. Two of them just have two melta guns and then a bunch of bolters, and the other ones are all the melta. Um, and they're all in drop pods. Then for heavy support, I took the exact same Leviathan he has, but I added Phosphex to it because it every Leviathan should have Phosphex. It shouldn't be an option. It should just be included in its points. <laughs> That's right. Um, so it's the Leviathan Siege Drill with Melt-A-Gun built-in, uh, Cyclonic Melt-A-Lance, Armored Ceramite, Phosphex Discharger, and it's in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. And then for the second heavy support slot, it's a Fire Raptor with uh, Reaper Autocannon batteries in the side and four Hell Strikes. So... The other thing I noticed about his original list, now granted his is only... 2000 is he only had one, two, three, four, five drop pods. So okay. he's only going to get three where this one, I, I fit seven in this 2,500 point list. So he's going to get four turn one. Boom. Big difference. So he's, so he's going to get four turn one, which will probably be two of the Galvorback squads and then the Leviathan and then, either one of the two Melt-A-Vet squads or one of just the big, uh, what'll likely be Marksman Vets with all the bolters. Um, the, uh, what you probably want to do is make it one of the Melt-A-Vet squads because they're five-man because the Praetor and the Chaplain are going to have to join one of the five-man squads to fit in the pod with them. And then, uh, you know, turn two from then forward, your Fire Raptor can come in and then the other three pods. It makes sense. I mean, everything you like, everything you did makes perfect sense. Like, right. It's much heavier hitting. <laughs> yeah, and and I liked it because last week we talked about we even had somebody message us like, "Hey, that list you went over only has one scoring unit in it." I'm like, "Yeah, well, that's kind of, you know, when you're playing two thousand points and you take three Galvorback squads as your troops." it's going to end up that way because you got a Leviathan and three Galvorback squads that in 2000 points, you're not going to have a lot of points to spend on other things. So you're not going to have any scoring where this particular 
army because I took four veteran tactical squads. They all have implacable advance. This army has four scoring units in it. So it kind of covers up the weakness from last week's list. Uh, it always makes me think of uh, like that Kermit, the, the Kermit the Frog, where like, you know, me versus myself, like where he's got like the hood. And it's like, I always imagine like Kermit's like, I should probably take some score unit, some scoring units, and then the one with the hood says, "Table your opponent." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can win on secondaries, like I was explaining to that guy on Facebook. Just because you can't score objectives doesn't mean you can't prevent them from scoring objectives. And then, because almost every mission has secondaries, like attrition, or slay the warlord, or price of failure, or any of that. So you can just cap all the objectives with your non-scoring units, prevent them from scoring any points, and then win on secondaries. Possibly. Possibly. But this list, and the, the list we went over last week, once again, is only 2,000, so it's harder to fit in. Because this is a 2,500-point list, I was able to fit the four veteran squads in. So this list has scoring and killing power, um, so I feel like this is a, a pretty damn mean list. I like it. But the list that I sent you, like I said, is pretty much the identical list that I want to build my word bears into what they'll aspire to be. Yeah. I just haven't done it yet. Um, I don't, like I said, the only difference I'll probably, I, I took out my morale gal dread in my original list and put in this, uh, uh, Leviathan in your list. Just to be safe, be on the safe side. Yeah. I think my original list too, instead of running the Praetor, because this Praetor is 215 points. I think I at one point I had it down to a, a Cordis. And I basically got rid of the Praetor and got rid of the Leviathan and changed it for a Cordis to save a bunch of points and had Lorgar in it instead of the Praetor. So it's basically this list with Lorgar in it and a Cordis. Which would be pretty nasty. Yeah. be pretty so, mean if you started plopping down demon demon circles yeah so anyway that's what I came up with sounds good next up is an ultramarines list the exact opposite end of the spectrum yep it's almost like we planned that but we didn't <laughs> but we didn't so it comes from Stu's email oh I think it's just a Geno 5-2 email is what he sent it because it's yeah, Geno52podcast at gmail.com, and I think that it just says Stu. Oh, okay. But it's gotcha. Tom, Tom wasn't behind the behind the wheel on this one. Cat's trying to throw up over there. What are you doing? You guys can't control your bodily functions. We can't make it through a podcast without you <laughs> yawning, hiccuping, or coughing, and then your cat's always meowing. What's wrong with your household over there? What's going on? It's Texas, man. We just let shit roll. What does that have to do with <laughs> Okay. So Tom says, hey, guys, how's it going? Following finishing. Okay, how's it going? Following finishing up the models for the list Ryan helped me build before I'm already planning the next stage. At the moment, I'm holding off starting a new list till after Inferno, but I've done some things theoretical on a new Ultramarines list. The first is a 2,000 points orbital salt list that I can just run out of run that I can run just out of models I have now. I was thinking adding a Leviathan in a pod to take it to 2.5K. The second list is purely theoretical 
armored breakthrough list that uh, that I own nothing list of that I own nothing of. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. Big love, big love. Oh, I guess that's the list name, or just big love. I don't know. I want to start telling people that I- now. Big love. <laughs> Big love, bro. So, first things first, the Orbital Assault list. It's uh, Legion Start is uh, Chaplain and Artifice Armor with Legatine Axe and Refractor Field. Uh, three 10 man tactical squads all on drop pods. They have Chain Swords. Power, uh, I, I guess additional close combat weapons. Additional Chain Swords, yeah. The Sergeants in each of them have Artificer Armor and Power Fist. Uh, then a 10 man tactical support squad with. Melta guns, there's 10 of them, and the tactical support sergeant has artificer armor. And are they not a drop pod? Nope. Okay. Then a five Invictus Caesarians, 200 points, an apothecary detachment. Yeah, the apothecary is artificer armor. Storm Eagle gunship, which is four wing mounted Hellstrike missiles. And then Ruboat Gilliman with the Orbital Assault Rod of War. You notice the same thing I did. He's short one pod because he's got both the suzerains and the tac- tactical support guys. Just like I think in- he forgot to add, <laughs> they're just like in limbo. So I'm guessing my original thought was the suzerains and Gilliman and the chaplain and the apothecary all go in the storm eagle, and then he just forgot to add the drop pod in for the tactical supports. Gilliman can't deep strike. No, Gilliman doesn't no. have anything less than deep strike. No. Blah. Okay. I guess I'm thinking of like horrors and fucking. Right. So I'm guessing that's what he was trying to do. Uh, so anyway, I changed it. Um, and then I was like, so here's the thing. I got, I got one. I'm going to tease Tom a little bit here. Cause he, me and him shoot list ideas. He shoots me list ideas all the time. Almost every list that he sends me has this chaplain in it. Almost every one. Right. Okay. The Legatine so the bone, That one. He comes with a free power axe. Free. It's free. Right? So then you're paying another 25 points to get rid of the power axe to go to a Legatine axe. So you're losing a strength, losing an attack, just to go at initiative, but you're also paying 25 points. Right. So... I don't think it's worth it, especially because he's already throwing him in a unit. He always puts him in a unit of suzerains. So you already have like a trillion add initiative power axe attacks plus <laughs> Gilliman. Like what, what is this extra 25 points of this chapel? What is it supposed to do? So it's just a point. At, like I'm just calling Tom out right now. Anytime you send me a list from now on, if this damn legatine axe is on this chaplain, it's, I don't, I don't even care if it makes sense. I don't care if they change the rules and make it like a double, Blade of Perdition, where it does like four wounds per swing. I'm not leaving it on the guy. I'm taking it off at this point. I feel like it's like every list you send me, the very first change I make is go get rid of this fucking thing. It's already modeled with an axe. All you got to do is say it's a power axe, not a Legatine axe. It's not like <laughs> I'm asking him to shift the shift the earth here. It just kills me. Every list. Every <laughs> list. <laughs> has this, every list. You should play, so, replace it. Every list that he has a Legatine X, replace it with a Power Mall. <laughs> <laughs> I replaced the Legatine X with a Power Mall. If you wanted to I change mean, that I, to a Power I X. Would, like, I guess I would get it. Like, 
it's one of those things is like it's it's kind of like is it worth 25 points and a point of strength and an attack to strike at initiative with AP2 maybe we could have that argument normal circumstances could, yes yes you like, think so see i don't even know then i'm just saying like we if, could have a discussion i i couldn't say you were wrong now if you're taking that guy and you're throwing him in a unit of dick kickers of dick kickers <laughs> that already has like you know whatever like 20 plus attacks at ap2 add initiative like do you really need to spend 25 extra points to get I get it, Tom. I get it, man. You just don't want your chaplain, who everybody's supposed to respect, to like, have, you know, have, be all slow and shit. Like, they're gonna cleave through everything, and then he's gonna like swing, and there's gonna be just like he's gonna swing into a pile thing, of blood. And, and then in a lot of other armies, I guess you could say, well, what if the chaplain has to fight in a challenge, and I want to go to initiative? Well, but he's in a unit of Gilliman and suzerains, and suzerains, every guy in a suzerain unit can accept a challenge, <laughs> and Gilliman can accept the challenge. So, and you don't want your chaplain to accept the challenge because you don't want to get him risk getting him killed and lose the hatred. So I just don't just just run a parax, please for me. Don't make <laughs> me change the list. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so the other thing is Gilliman unlocks suzerains and um, suzerains and normal terminators. All right, so that's so good. I like you really need to take advantage of that because if you look at this list, he's taken three normal tactical squads. So, like, I dream of the day that because I have run Salamander Orbital Assault and I have you know Vulcan in the army. Right. Salamanders don't have any special characters, nor their Primarch like unlocks anything else's troops. <laughs> So, like, I get sick of having to run, like, just normal tacticals in my orbital assault because I've used my right of war to get all the drop pods, which leaves me where I still have to take my two compulsory troops, and I don't have anything that unlocks anything, so I'm just stuck taking tactical marines. So Tom has the opportunity to not take them, and he takes three of them. <laughs> so, I, that's the, so I talked to him about this. I'm like, you need to get rid of those guys. I know you got them painted, and they look cool, but, like... Let's use Gilliman's rules. Because he already has suzerains in the army, so he's already got one compulsory down, so he can go ahead and jump into uh, other stuff. So the list I switched it to is a chaplain with a with his base Crozius, which is an axe, uh, artificer armor, melt-a-bombs, refractor field. So it's the same guy that he had, only I swapped, I left the legatine axe off, just kept him with his stock power axe, and gave him melt-a-bombs. Um... Then it's his five suzerains, just like he has them, for troops. And then for a second troop choice, I took a five-man cataphracty unit that has a sergeant with power fist, two guys with power fist, and two guys with chain fist. And they took a anvilist dread claws dedicated transport. <laughs> um, for just... fast attack, I took a second anvilist, so his other su his suzerains will go in another anvilist that I took as a fast attack choice. Um, for elites, I took a five-man veteran uh, Space Marine squad. Uh, they have uh, so they're sorry. It's five five machine killer vets that all have combi meltas. So the sergeant has a combi melta, and the other four guys have combi meltas. The only reason I didn't give the fifth guy a melta gun was points. I just saved five points by just going all combi meltas. 
and they're in a drop pod. For a second elite's choice, I took an identical unit, so another five machine killer vets, all with combi meltas in a drop pod. Um, then for a third elite's choice, I took a 10-man veteran tactical squad, just naked. They're just 10 guys with bolt guns with marksmen, and they're in a drop pod. Um, and then for the fourth elite slot, I put his apothecary back in. So it's um, just an apothecary with artificer armor. So the apothecary, the chaplain, the suzerains, and Gilliman all go in the anvilus uh, together. And then the terminators go in the other anvilus. And then he's got the three veteran squads and drop pods. Um, then for heavy support, I took a fire raptor uh, instead of the uh, the storm eagle because he's got everything in drop pods now. He doesn't need the transport capacity of the storm eagle. Right. So flipped it out for a fire raptor that has auto cannons and hell strikes. So I talked to Tom, and he literally owns every model for the Switch. Nice. Um, except for the Fire Raptor. So he says it gives him an excuse to Pick one up buy a Fire <laughs> Yeah. So I think that... So in the list that I wrote, so he's got 30, ta- 30 normal tacticals and then 10 tactical supports. I swapped that out for five Terminators and an Anvilus, two five-man machine killer vet squads with Kami Meltas, and 10... Veteran tacticals, a sniper bolt with marksman. Okay. And in its original list would have only had four pods, I believe. Yes. So he's going to get two pods turn one, which is a major problem. Yeah. So this list that I wrote has three has five pods, so he's going to get three turn one. Which So you probably go Terminators, uh, the Suzerains with Gilliman and the characters, and then either... Sniper bolters or machine killer, depending on how you want to go. And now you're not getting your two pods gunched first turn. Right. At least you have a little spread out a little bit more. Well, that and the you're in your opening wave. You have two anviluses to hide guys in as well, so it makes them have to crack the anviluses, and then you have terminators in one, and then a primark with a character and suzerains in the other. So they're pretty tough. Faux show. I think at two thousand points, this is actually a pretty tough list. And then obviously, Gilliman can also give the veterans um, some ability. Like he can give the, all those those three veteran squads tank hunter. He can give uh, those three veteran squads. Um, damn it! Um, what am I thinking here? Outflank or a special rule? Did you freeze? A powerful assault. Did I? Uh, what were you saying? What, what happened there? You, I, I don't you, know. Like you, you, you reached into your brain and like made your internet skip. Like how does that happen? Like, well, I was thinking because I have the Terminators in a dedicated anvilus. What he could do is take them out of the dedicated anvilus and just make it fast attack. So you have two fast attack anviluses instead of one that's dedicated. And the reason for that would be because Gilliman's rule, you choose a unit type from a single type of slot. So you can't, like if you said Predator tanks, they all have to be Predator tanks from the heavy slot or Predator tanks from the troop slot or whatever. You can't just say Predator tanks and it's the entire army. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you made both Anvilus' fast attack, you could choose Anvilus' fast attack and give them implacable advance, which would be kind of funny. And give you two more scoring units and have 
scoring anvilises. So if they don't kill them, you can just fly them around the whole game and on turn one go into hover mode. On the last turn, go into hover mode and claim objectives with them. Wow. I've never considered giving them implacable advance. I didn't know that was an option. Yep. That's really cool. So that's what I would do, Tom. I sent you this list already. Just take this exact same list. It's identical other than just take the anvilus from being dedicated and make it a fast attack choice. That way you have that option to do that. Very cool, man. Very interesting. And then later on, if you expand the list and want to make it bigger and you need those fast attack slots, you can always rededicate it if you want to. So, and then he's got a second list. Read that off. Uh, so the second list is going to be an armor breakthrough ultramarines list. So he's got a company command vehicle, which is a Karen. Uh, it's got hunter killer missile, armored ceramite, two sponsor mounted last cannons, and a pintle mounted heavy bolter. He's got three predator squadron strike squad. No, a predator strike squadron. He's got two predator strike squadrons, which are two predator tanks with a squadron command tank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so the. Two, uh, the on the squadron command tanks got two sponsor mounted heavy bolters, armored ceramite, and machine spirit, and the two normal non command tanks also have sponsor mounted heavy bolters with armored ceramite and machine spirit. Then he's got uh, two Sakaran battle tanks with armored ceramite, two sponsor mounted last cannons. There's two of those guys. And then he's got two attack bikes with two multi meltas and melt bombs. Then he's got two vindicators. Oh, he's got a Vindicator Squadron, which has two Vindicators inside of it. Both have a hole-mounted laser destroyer array with armored ceramite. And then he's got an, a Malkador Assault Squadron, which is uh, three Malkadors with a hole-mounted demolisher cannon, armored ceramite. So, 3,000 points. All right. Just so no foot on the ground. Felt, like, what, what would be the first thing you would want to change in this list? You look at it. I want to hear what your thoughts are before I get into... I'd probably break off that one of those Malkadors at least and to non-squadron and then probably do six Predators instead of two troop atrocious. Yeah. Like, I know you lose the command tank, but them being in squadrons is a death suit. Well, the problem is the command tank, all it gives you is uh, Tank Hunter, so you're going to have Tank Hunting Heavy Bolters. Whoop-de-doo. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, no, I guess. Uh, I mean, the predator cannon is okay, but I'm just saying, like, you're not like losing a bunch by taking it off there. And once you split them up, you don't need machine spirit anymore because right. you can shoot at different things anyway. Also, if you do want to run a predator squadron and you're going to do the machine spirit trick, you only need two tanks with machine spirit. You don't need all three of them to have it I because feel- because you choose the primary target for the squad as the one without machine spirit and then you use machine spirit on the other two to split them off yeah and because you're already fast i guess he was doing it so he could move 12 inches and shoot all three guns i guess that's possible but i don't really feel like it's worth the points especially with just heavy bolters i've always liked the idea of pencil mounted multi meltas with uh machine spirit yeah because you can just haul ass and boop, kill that thing real quick. So this is what I switched it to. So buckle your safety belts. I think people will like this list. 
Okay, so for HQ, I have a company command vehicle, which is a Sakaran battle tank with Sponson Laz cannons, and it's the Warlord, so it's going to get plus one ballistic skill. Then for troops, I have six individual Predators. Uh, so, si so six scoring units, they're all just one Predator apiece. Um, so four of the six Predators have Laz cannon Sponsons, and the other two have Heavy Bolter Sponsons. Um, for Elites, I took... Uh, three separate Sakaran battle tanks, and all three of them have last cannon sponsons. For fast attack, I took uh, a single javelin, so it's just heavy bolt. It's just base, so it's a heavy bolter twin link cyclone. For a second fast attack, I took exactly the same thing, so two jab, two base javelins, but they're in separate squadrons. Then for heavy support, I took three Malkadors, but they're all individual. So none of them are squadron. So it's just three individual Malkadors. So they have each one is armed with hull mounted demolisher cannon, armored ceramite, and pinnel mounted multimelta. And then they come with the heavy bolters on the sponsons for free. And then for Lord of War, I took a suborbital strike wing that consists of two Avenger strike fighters, and each Avenger each Avenger has Kraken penetrators and battle servitors. Brutal. Okay. So if you look, he had six Predators, three Sakarans, two Vindicators, and three Malkadors. And I have four Sakarans, six Predators, two Javelins, three Malkadors, and two Avengers. Okay. Yeah. He had two he had two scoring units. I have six scoring units. Yeah. Um and then he had everything squadron, and I don't have a single thing in a squadron, so all of these things are individual targets that you have to kill individually, and they can all target their own unit. No more Death Blossom fun. So, um, I'm really not a fan of vehicle squadrons. Like, I'm just not, I don't really see the advantage, especially on the Malkadors, because they're super heavy. The only thing super heavy or the only thing squatters do for you is you ignore is it shaken and stunned or stunned something like that. The one where you can't move, you ignore that. Um, and I think that's really it. And the, the drawback is just bad because like we were talking if you have three Malkadors in a single unit and I happen to like assault that like I drop a Charybdisin and assault you with like 10 Terminators, and a couple of them have Chain Fists. Boom. That's yeah, that's all three, instead of just one. So, and on Super Heavies, because they ignore damage results anyway, and then they all get to shoot their guns at individual targets anyway, it's not really beneficial at all to put them in a squadron. Uh, so. Unless you're trying to not take up heavy support All your slot. heavy slots? Yeah, that'd yeah. be the only reason. This is an okay. I got a question for you. Getting on this, I just want to get this out in the open. This is probably going to make some people mad. We'll probably get mail, but it is what it is. Have you ever seen a, a laser destroyer vindicator do anything other than suck and die? Uh, I haven't. No, but but Chris Chris said it did very good for him at uh, Adepticon. We have guys here that try because our game club. You know, we got twenty guys or whatever. There's probably there's a handful of them that have these things and I've never seen them do anything. 
uh, yeah, Chris, because uh, he left his uh, his Venator. I home. remember that. He borrowed, he borrowed one from Nathan. Yeah, he borrowed Nathan's, and apparently it did good enough to where Chris was like, I thought he was going to buy one at one point. But I've never like nobody nobody really plays one just because they're kind of outshined. But I've never really. I mean, just laser destroyers in general. Like, I don't think I've seen rapiers do okay. Like in certain armies, like uh, if you have infiltrate, like with Raven Guard or whatever, where you can place them better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, or if you have if you run multiples of them, and you have like Gilliman in your army where you can make them like all scoring, like all implacable advance. So you have like good backfield objective holders or whatever. Right. Things like that. Um, I would not identify them as a really big threat. If I were to see somebody playing one, like I would, I feel like you could just kind of keep, cause it's not barrage. It's not like, you know, ignore line of sight or anything like that. It's like a, well, my problem with it is you stun it. It can't move or it loses shots. So, and it, it only has a 36 inch range, which isn't a huge range. So you can just kind of stay away from it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's only an armor 10 on the back and 11 on the side. So it's pretty easy to, at, at you know, to at least stun where it's not shooting or just, you know, kill it outright. Right. But no, that's the only, yeah, that's the only like experience I've seen with them. Or I've heard about yeah. it. I was just curious. So anyway, because I get what you're saying. Like in this list, I had to lose the Vindicators because I wanted to split up the Malkadors. But I guess what I'm saying is I don't really see... The value. Like if, if he's... Yeah, I don't see the value. I would If he's wanting to do the... Because the thing that struck me about this list that really stuck out was the triple Malkador. And to me, it's way more advantageous to run those as three individual units and build the list around that as opposed to forcing them all into one squad just so you can take some Vindicators. I get No, I see exactly where you're coming from. But exactly other than that, I just I just took his other stuff and just split it into a bunch of different squads. And I dropped Armored Ceramite. We've talked about this before. I'm not a fan of Armored Ceramite on like things like Predators and stuff. Because, they're only, like I said, they're only Armor 11 on the side. Armored Serenite's not going to save you if somebody shoots a melted gun at you. That's such a good point. That's such a great point. Like, yeah, there's other things, like, yeah. Because if somebody shoots Melta at you in 30k, it's typically, like, a giant unit of Melta. It's not just, like, one Melta gun. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's not going to save you. Your armor 11. They need threes to glance, fours are better to pin. So, it's just not... <laughs> A multi-melta rhino is either going to kill you or super kill you. There's not really an in-between. Like, <laughs> Right. So I just, when you when you look at all the armored ceramite he had on here, you basically get an extra Sakaran. You drop all the armored ceramite and you get a whole nother Sakaran tank. Well worth it. So that I, I'm all about just like, and I've had this experience with my armor breakthrough list, just keep it cheap. Just keep it really cheap and just run like redundancy. Like, instead of, like, two Predators with all this war gear, I'll just run three Predators with not as much war gear. Efficient. Efficiency. Well, I mean, there's arguments for both. That's just how, I, I mean, I, I feel like in my experience, my actual practical experience of running my Blood Angels, it's worked out better to have just tons of shit as opposed to, you know, less stuff with a bunch of flim flame on it. 
I take all armored ceramide on everything I can, like my leviathans and my dreadnoughts. My cortis can't take it, of course. Like I take Levi- armored ceramide pretty much on everything, and I've come to the point where I'm like, "Fuck, I never get use out of this." Like, like I understand it on like expensive shit like leviathan. Yeah, you just it, it's worth it there. Insurance and plus they're real high armor. Um, so like like we said, leviathan dreadnoughts, anything armor fourteen all the way around. Um, super heavies. You notice I left it on the Malkador. Yeah, that's a because, quick way to kill a super heavy. Yeah. So basically, super heavies, anything armor fourteen all the way around, Leviathan dreadnoughts, um, stuff like that. It's definitely worth armored ceramite. Um, predators, stuff like that. Like I just, I don't feel like it's worth it. If they're close enough to shoot Melta at you and be in Melta range, they're probably close enough to get into your side arc. Because you think, like, a melter gun has to be within six inches to have melter range. Yeah. So if they're already that close, they're very likely can move this far to the left or right to get into your side arc anyway. And then it's really not going to save you. Yeah. I get it. No, I understand 100% why you take that off. So, anyway, I do like the the fact that this armored breakthrough list is just all tanks. There's no infantry at all. It's just straight tanks. Which Couple is kind of like what it what it was designed for. Yeah. My bloody one. I, for, I I like running infantry. Like I took mine. Um, I have to anyway because of the blood angels rule. But even without the blood angel rule, I'd still mix a bunch of infantry in, just because I like the idea of running all the variety. But it is pretty cool just to see one that's just like straight tanks. It's like here's my four Sakarans, my six Predators, my three Malkadors, my two planes. Bring it. <laughs> I brought it one Battle Foam Seven Twenty. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh no! It would. You're t- that's going to be take a lot of foam. Those Malkadors. Oh you can yeah. Fit three Mal- the Malkadors. Well, you can fit three Malkadors on one four-inch tray. Then you need two trays for the um, two three-inch trays for the the flyers. The... Oh, I didn't even think about the flyers. Yeah. So you need two two trays for the flyers, and then the javelins would fit in the space around the flyers, and then you could fit the. Th- Three Sakarans on one tray, and then the other, and then three Sakarans will fit on one tray, and then you would have to have a tray with, there's a tray for five Predators, and then you need another tray for the other Sakaran and the other Predator. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of shit, man. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it, but it's a lot. Just not, like, it's really easy deployment. It's like, super easy deployment. <laughs> Eh, maybe some of those deployment zones like if you get the one that you're playing long ways with that little stupid triangle trying to wedge all those vehicles in there it's hard and then it's always you always get that too when you have a lot of tanks and you're playing against somebody that's got like two or three bastards of signal and pedarob like all these like multiple like flipping large blast bombardments where you're trying to space all your tanks out it's <laughs> you're just gonna sling it into never the- <laughs> it never fails it's like it's like here's my like car dealership parking lot that you're dropping artillery on. <laughs> oh so, boy. I already sent those lists to Tom. Oh, I did want to say one of the guys on the podcast chat, I think it was Nicholas. Um was he runs Iron Hands and he I, I originally had the Malkadors with last cannon sponsons. Okay. And he said that he's found that the way they're angled on the Malkador, that it's like you don't get to shoot your sponsons very much or don't get to shoot at what you want to shoot at. So he recommended upgrading 
taking don't take the last cannons, take the pinnel mounted multi melter for the same points and just leave the sponsons as heavy bolters that you'll get more use out of it because it's three sixty as opposed to the weird arc of the Malkador sponsons. So just haul ass, be super hyper aggressive with the the Malkador to try and get. Well, some. I mean they're super heavy. They move twelve and fire all their guns anyway. And you already yeah. have the demolisher, which is only twenty four inch range. So you're just matching that with the um, multi melta. I get it now. Yeah, makes sense. Anyway, I just I wanted to throw that out that, that I didn't. That was something that I took as a recommendation from him, which I, it made sense. Like I'd never played. I got a couple Malkadors for my militia, but I haven't used them yet. But then I got the model out and was hearing what he, you know, he said, and I put the model down. And I was looking. I'm like, yeah, he's right. So I put the multi melt on there instead. I've like, I think that he's right about that. I've not played it. He's played it, and he says from actual play experience that that's the case for him. Makadors hmm. are just so awkward. They're just such awkward vehicles. It's like I have a flare shield. Well, I don't really care because that school bus like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you made the front of the school bus bulletproof. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, for one, to save points, that's also, like you said, I didn't put flare shields. I had flare shields originally on the Malkadors, but I traded all the flare shields in for two javelins. Because I felt like, eh, more guns, more targets for people to have to shoot at. And like you said, the the front arc on a Malkador is so tiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, that's all I got. I got nothing else. That's it. We're going to play this cool song that that our buddy sent us in. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Metallica played by Hillbillies. I listened to it a little bit. I've probably heard it before. So it's got like the banjo. The... It's going to be cool. But that's going to be it, man. Probably you're probably starving, I'd imagine. I'm pretty damn hungry. Like I said, these look just like Oreos. My wife's home. I can hear her moving around upstairs. She better not have eaten already, or I'll be mad. <laughs> well, I'll be mad. I'll have to mumble under my breath and not say anything to her directly about it. <laughs> I will tell her something in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I will think something bad in my mind without expressing it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go grab a bite to eat. I'm going to head out and go get a bite myself. It's already 2 o'clock over here, man. Well, we start at 10. 12, 12, 12, 12. Yeah, man. We, we talked talk forever. It's okay. Plus, it's we had right. a lot of mail, a lot of voicemails, a lot of lists to go over. Yeah. By the way, just, you know, if you're listening right now, our emails are michael at warhammer30k.com and ryan at warhammer30k.com. So... I know we got probably like three messages this past week asking for our emails. One of them was actually like pretty funny. He's like, I know you had a, like a, a public service announcement, (laughs) but I can't find your email. I was like, (laughs) I was like, at least we know you're a listener. (laughs) Like, uh, all right. Why don't we get some food and wash all this soot off my hands from the, what are you doing there? Fingers. (laughs) Got pigments, bro. Black pigments. You got to stick them in somebody's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, here's the music for you kids. Bye, guys.
Thunderstruck Thunderstruck 